<laughs> Hello. Welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier and his chair. And Marcus Green looked like in the background he got about six chairs. And we are the ONG Strike Zone. So uh, watch yourself. Montgomery Brawl. Watch yourself. That's all I, that's all I can say. Uh, how you doing, Kelvin? What's good tonight? Kelvin. Okay, maybe go to let me go to Marcus. Marcus, how are you doing tonight? I don't know. Uh how how are you? How are you doing? Uh let me make sure I get my audio squared away. Everybody sounds like they're tucked away in a tunnel somewhere. shot here let's make sure we all we're all here we're all here kelvin how you doing tonight i worked on all of our audio issues before the show started now i can't hear anybody marcus how about you you sound like you're in a tunnel somewhere kelvin i'm not hearing you at all all right. Somebody give me a thumbs up there. And if you're hearing me, give me a thumbs up. I see a lot of people in the chat room already. I don't know why we're having these kind of issues here. Kelvin, we still can't hear you. Let me let me try something here, Kelvin. All right, Kelvin, bringing you back in. Let's see. Any better? Kelvin. Maybe he logged out. Unbelievable. Marcus, how are you doing? I don't know, Marcus. You're I don't I don't not hear I don't hear what you what your yeah, Marcus is sound <laughs> J Mac said, Marcus, it sounds like you're under a comforter. So I don't know. <laughs> Apparently anyone can only hear me, so I don't know what happened in the midst of going live here, fellas. So everybody double check their audio. See, Kel Kelvin got some new equipment. Everything was working out in the pre-show. Then all of a sudden, you know, we go live and, and uh, we're having issues. Yeah, give me some kind of talk back. Some one, two, threes. Marcus. All right. So, yeah, uh, Chuck, I appreciate you guys. Uh, so we're hearing me right now. We're not hearing anybody else right now. So Marcus and Kelvin, do me a favor. Log out and log back in. Let's see if we can reset our settings. I will. I'll give a quick shout out to everybody since folks can hear me. Um, we'll we'll kind of just uh, do a quick shout out to everybody uh, jumping in and say hi to uh to the family who's in Kenneth Rozier, good to see you. Uh, J Mac, appreciate you. Uh, uh, let's see, Bulls, Bulls already checking in. Good reminder, Bull. Yes, for all those folks out there, uh, go ahead and renew those booster memberships. 
Uh, congratulations, Bull, on becoming a life member. Uh, that's something that I gotta, I gotta take care of myself. Becoming a life member. Uh, gotta say hello to Mary three hundred five. Melissa Wilson. Uh, since Kelvin's not here, I will say it. Duh, hi. Good to see you jumping in there. Uh, a lot of you guys jumped in early. We appreciate you guys doing that. Kenya Sykes jumping in. Good to see you, Kenya. Meredith. Tamara T getting in. Uh, let me see. Anybody else I missed? Uh, Tremaine Ellis. All right. Hey, well, we appreciate the wait. We appreciate you waiting. Hopefully we don't disappoint. we got a good show lined up for you today. Uh, coming up, we've got Coach G, uh, Coach Garfield Ellenwood, the uh, the second, our head uh, director of track and field and cross country, is going to join us here coming up in about 10 minutes. So that's why I really want the guys to kind of figure out and get their systems all squared away so we can talk to Coach G. And then we've also got Coach Gokhan Yomaz joining us in uh, somewhere around the bottom, about 840. So the, the volleyball team is back on the court practicing. So we're going to get a chance to catch up with him. And if you saw the video, the promotional videos or the pictures, we got a few new people. So we're going to talk to him about those new Lady Rattlers. And then coming up in the second hour, Vaughn Wilson, HBCU game day, we're going to talk about his trip to Canton, Ohio. So let me bring the guys in one by one and keep our fingers crossed that we got them in there. First up, Mr. Kelvin Rozier. Kelvin, how you doing tonight? Still can't hear you, Kelvin. You might have to go back to the old headset. I don't know what I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I I, I hate it for you because you sounded so good earlier. I, I don't understand what happened. All right, let me let me take you off and let me go to Marcus Green. Marcus Green, fingers crossed. Marcus, how you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? All right. I, I'm. I'm. Hello. A little bit better. How about how about without the head? Are you are you on Marcus? I'm curious. Whatever settings you were doing last week, go back to that. I don't hear you. I don't know if you can hear me. Love it. Let's bring in Kelvin. Kelvin, how you doing? <laughs> this is beautiful. This is this is live live television, folks. Sometimes these kind of things happen with the internet and live live uh, TV. You know. Uh, all right, we're gonna give guys uh, an opportunity here. Let me do some more shout outs again. I'm gonna encourage my guys in the background. Just log off, log back in, go back to whatever you were doing last week. Last week you worked. Everything worked well last week. Chuck Hunt, we appreciate you checking in from Monroe, <coughs> Louisiana. Good to see you. Uh, let's see who else is in. Uh, James Austin, we appreciate you you coming in as well. Uh, Corinthian Morgan, appreciate you checking in. Montre Bennett as well. Uh, yeah, I saw this news too. Uh, that, that's real interesting. You know, uh, Allison Posey, one of the things that just kind of broke over the internet is, uh, return now, is she returning to WCTV or did she go over from one network to the other? Like I thought she was over at the competitor and now she's at the competitor. Like she went across the street pretty much. So I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, but anyway, 
Uh, Allison always does a good job of uh, covering uh, FAMU athletics. Uh, Chico, we appreciate you jumping in. Marcus, how you doing, my man? Good to see you. Thanks for checking in. Um, want to get these guys in there. So just so everybody knows, we are 25 days away from the Orange Blossom Classic. And I'm I'm curious. I mean, are uh, first off, how many of us are going? You know, hopefully most of our our folks here are going. Uh, have you already purchased your tickets? Uh, if not, you know, um, I'm going to encourage you to go check, take a look at, uh, you know, if you're looking at or have thought about purchasing club seats for the Orange Blossom Classic, our good friend Mike Reed is doing a, a great promotion for us. I'm going to bring that up while I'm waiting on the guys uh, to jump in here. And through Mike Reed's website here, just looking looking out, that's J-U-S-L-O-O-K-I-N dot com. So again, that's J-U-S-L-O-O-K out dot com. So if you if you make sure to head out to that website, and then that's the website <clears throat> website you see right there. If you purchase one of these premium club level seats, which they're $109, and when you go to check out right in this area here, when you go to check out at the club level for a single ticket, put in the group code right there. Just put in strike zone or put in BCSN. Either way, and a small portion of the proceeds will come back to the show. It'll be a great way of, of helping us keep this thing going so that we can do more road trips. We're looking to to do some uh, post, well, I, I should say pre- and post-game stuff on site from some games this year. So, again, want to encourage you, go to justlookingout.com. Uh, of course, Mike has seats in Section 249. So that is primarily uh, the, let's see, that's about the 10, 10 to 20 yard line, I believe. Club level, just behind the Marching 100. The Marching 100 is sitting in Section 150. And then if those seats in Section 249 end up being sold, well, if they sell out, rather, then he, he has an overflow in Section 250, okay? So that's in Section 250. All right, let's do this. I'm going to take a short break uh, because I want to make sure we we uh, we can get the guys figured out. Also, um, I got uh, want to make a quick check here, make sure everything's all good with our first guest. So we'll do all that here. In just a second, we're going to go to a short break. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster. 
absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in. Rethink your pack for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. For the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum designed for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, and I hope and pray we hear from Kelvin Roger. Kelvin. Hello, is this thing on? Okay, we got some audio. It sounds like you are on an airplane delivering, a, uh, or not an airplane, but a, a helicopter, like you're about to do the uh, traffic in the morning. But I think we got you. We hear you. Say something again. Testing one, two, three. Yeah. Okay. We we got some audio. We'll, we'll we'll hey. Some audio is better than no audio, right? And I don't know what the. 
<laughs> well, hey, that's all right. We'll we'll act like you know we you you'll tell us what the traffic is like in Tallahassee here in just a moment. Uh, we we <laughs> we in between commercials, uh, you can give us the traffic report. <laughs> hey, um, all right. Well, that's all right. Don't worry about it. While we got you in, let's get ready for our next guest. Um, I got Coach G ready up in the studio. I'm waiting on him to pop back on the screen because uh, I know he he's there. Uh, we're waiting on him. Uh, yeah, Chuck Hunt. Uh, we we know it sounds like he he's he's on an airplane, but uh, that's all right though. Hey, all right, let's get ready for our first guest here. Uh, looks like he is all squared away and ready to go. So I'm going to bring him up. Let's see. Coach G, are you there? Coach. Let's see. Coach, are you there? Let's give it a second here. We'll give Coach a second to. Let's see. We see you, Coach. You're looking good. Let's see if we can hear you. How about now? Not now? All right, hold on. I'm going to do one thing here, Coach. Don't Brian, go anywhere. You. You. I, I I don't think it's me. Hold on a second, Coach. I don't think it's me. Hold on. Let's try to bring him back in. Coach, are you there? Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me, Coach. Can you hear me? Okay, let's see. Let's do this. All right, let me do one thing here. We we'll figure this out here in just a second. Um, Coach, I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you log off and uh, do do a log off and log back on for me if you can, Coach. Hopefully, if you can hear me. Let's see. Make sure you're not muted here. I'll try to bring you back on here. Coach, how are we doing tonight? Any chance you're there? Nope. Okay, so he's going to try to log back in and log off. Man, I tell you, what, I tell you, the internet, the internet, Kelvin, it's one of them days today. It is, internet. man. I, I'm telling you, man, we, been, we tested everything. We something great before the show started, and now can't nobody get on. I know. Here okay, we go. what Let's about see. now? Can you hear me? I we hear you now, Coach. There you are. Okay. All, All right. right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Sometimes the uh, for some reason I don't know. Maybe you you said you were on an iPhone, so I think sometimes the iPhone initially, if it doesn't pick up, it acts a little funky. Uh, we've had this happen before, but it's all good. Thanks for thanks for your patience. Thanks for your time. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Thank you. Yes, sir. And uh, we, we're glad to have you on. I uh, appreciate you jumping back on with us. Uh, again, my apologies for last week. Let everybody know out there. It was totally on me. So uh, Coach G was gracious enough to come back and join us. Um, hey, so so Coach, obviously, let's let's kind of get in uh, uh, with you a little bit because um, you've, you, you had to get into the job and really – you had to get going. I mean, you almost had, didn't have a chance to get your bags unpacked, to go through the pomp and circumstance of, hey, this is Coach G. Let's meet him. It was just like, hey, Coach, we got hired. We got to get going. It's, it's the season. So let's t tell Rattler Nation a little bit about you, your background, and kind of what that experience was like 
back in January, February, trying to, to get going and get a season started? Okay, well, I've been coaching 23 years, um, had multiple stops, had NCAA champions, Olympians, things of that nature. Uh, fast forward, got, got hired on January 3rd, had our first team meeting January 7th, practiced right after the team meeting and the, was on the plane to go to New York, the first meet Jan, that Friday, which was, I think, January the uh, 12th or 13th. So just hit the ground running, uh, try to get acclimated, uh, meet the kids, uh, give them some stability because they pretty much were kind of up and down, um, basically with a, a part-time coach or a, a part-time head coach from, I think it was April, May, up until that point. So just trying to solidify some type of stability for them and let them know where the program was going and where, what we were trying to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, your your official title is the director of track and field and cross country. So you oversee both. What for? You know, obviously it's it, it says a little more than just head coach. What 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 does that uh, role uh, entail for you? And and, uh, and and sort of if you explain that to to Rattler Nation and and uh, what does it mean? Is is it a a little bit different than just say head coach or head ex? Uh, no, nah, I mean, it's, it all encompasses the same. You have okay. to make sure all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted. Paperwork, uh, from everything from physicals to certification through compliance, all the all the behind the scenes work as well as being a coach out on the track. You know, okay. I, I, I still refer to myself, I'm just a head coach. At the end of the day, it all encompasses the same, making sure the vision is set for for the athletes to understand your student first athlete second second and then make sure everything falls into place and that's done gotcha gotcha kelvin go ahead first i need to make sure y'all can hear me we can <laughs> Th thumbs up we hear you okay good Ooh. all right coach so talk about your process your thought process in building this program because as you say we've had him for, for a long period of time and on the men's side especially um you know there were sanctions at one time and 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 then you know there was uh some other challenges so just talk about the process of building the program and um where which where are you and where are you trying to go well, first, it was about getting in uh, coaches that I needed to be able to fulfill the event areas that were in need. I was able to do that. I was able to bring on Coach Tamika Kenshin, which is basically our head cross-country coach and uh, distance coach. I uh, brought in our jumps coach, Sharon Williams. I uh, brought on the throw coach, Jose Hernandez. And then I have Robert Deadwiler to assist me in sprints and hurdles. So once I was able to get that in place, then it's about just setting a level of expectation for the athletes, uh, letting them know that this is what's expected. We're raising the bar. Uh, I said it on my interview. I've said it when I've spoken to the 220 quarterback club and anyone that'll listen. I want to be the first HBCU to win a national championship. So we have to recruit those type of athletes, student athletes, because uh, at the end of the day, FAMU is a highly academic institution. 
So we have to get athletes that not only can perform on the track, but can perform in the classroom. So uh, that's been our charge and we've been moving forward towards that. Um, one of the things, Coach, that I've noticed in when you look at uh, when it's time to get into the SWAC tournament, uh, obviously you have familiarity with the SWAC. You're very successful at another institution in the SWAC. Um, and we, I feel like we're chasing them, but I, but I feel like we're going to catch them. So I, I mean, let me just, I ain't going to say them. I'm not going to say who it is. Folks can go look it up all they want. But um, one thing I've noticed, like we have had a lot of success in our sprints and uh, with our, with our individuals, but I feel like, uh, what what is the key or the secret to? Uh, I, I feel I feel like it's more than just actually winning. There's a there's a there's a uh, there's a pattern that comes with trying to have the right number of events fielded and finishing in those events. For example, teams I've seen win seem to have a lot of people in those distance in those distance events. Where lately it doesn't seem like FAMU has had a lot of people entering those races so how do you what's the strategy how do you attack the strategy of getting FAMU to that place where we move into that top one two three because I feel like we're right there well for us we focus on our strengths and because we don't have the full complement of coaches we're gonna we're building this program I'm building this program around the strengths of the staff that I have okay. number one is gonna be sprints hurdles and relays because at the end of the day, it's, I, I'm going to put it on my shoulders. So being a sprint hurdles and relays coach, uh, as, as a friend of mine, I always say, I'm the spoon that's going to stir the coffee. Mm-hmm. So it's the basis, the foundation is going to be sprints, hurdles, and relays, and then we're going to branch, branch out to the middle distance and the field events and so forth. I think the coaches that I have in place are coaches with experience. They've all taken people to the NCAA championships. And that's the key when you have at coaches that have done it. The athletes, they, one, they know how to identify the talent. And two, they have the pedigree because they've done it. So the athletes will believe in what we're selling. And if you, we attack those areas that where our strengths are, I think we'll be pretty successful. Okay. Uh, before I turn it over to Kelvin, we're not shy. We're not shy talking about needs and wants on this show. We because we want to find a way to get money into your program to so that your needs or so that your wants and needs get answered. Uh, <laughs> what does what does yours in a perfect scenario? How many coaches and staffing do you would you have? Uh, you mentioned you got a staff of four people. What does a full staff for coach g really look like if you have all that you need and want well it's, it's myself and coach kenshin are full-time uh the other two of the f- other three are part-time and one is a volunteer in a perfect world i would like myself and four full-time assistants we're going up against the, uh, the other universities that are competing for national championship national championships and the ncaa championships have now there's a new rule passed that you can have 12 full-time coaches Wow. Yeah. So okay. some have taken advantage of it, some have, but that's the, just, you know, it can go anywhere from one to 12. In a perfect world, myself and four, I think we'd be fine because it's, it, we're, we're going quality versus quantity. I got you. I got you. Go ahead, Kelvin. 
Coach, I want you to talk about your roster management. We're going into the cross-country season. Where are we in terms of the numbers for your cross-country athletes? And then also with the indoor and your outdoor, where are we in terms of numbers as far as scholarships? Can you recruit the full amount? Do you have scholarships you, you uh, to, to fill? Just kind of talk about that whole roster management piece. Yes, we're definitely we're, we're we've been blessed to be fully funded both on the men's side and the women's side. So on the men's side we have twelve point six, on the women's side we have eighteen. So that's definitely a blessing. Um, as far as cross country, we have uh, eight eight to ten. Our rosters uh, up to ten. Five score, so we're carrying ten. I uh, won't carry any more than that. As far as the uh, indoor out, we have twenty seven men and 29 women and we'll keep it right about that because again budget with budget restraints and things of that nature i went out and we really tried to solidify and say we want quality athletes that can do multiple events to spread out across the, to, to be able to score at the conference meet but also have the talent to be able to score at the ncaa championships my thought process is if we build a, a ncaa level program we will get the conference you start up and come back, come back down. Okay. That's the that's the process that we did at the school down in Daytona. I did down in Daytona, and at a school that we did in Greensboro. And we were, those are the highest two finishes from any HBCU the NCAA championship. So I think we can do the same thing here. Okay. So give us some names, coach, of some some guys, some some young ladies that we might can look out that have a chance to be successful if they continue to buy into the program. Uh. I'm not really one to, uh, that's why I didn't put a, a, a signee thing out or anything. I, I, I'm more, I'm one of those kind of guys, that, hey, I just want to fly under the radar and, and you'll see it when the time comes. But I, I will say this, if you check our the webpage, we do have the World Junior Gold Medal. He just won the World yeah. Junior Championships, uh, Tyler S. Yeah. and that, that was a big sign for us. And he believed in the process he believed in what we're trying to do here both academically and athletically and you know he turned down uh, power five institutions to come here and be a rattler so that, that lets you know a kind of the direction we're going okay what what year it did not go be? unnoticed coach oh yeah no 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 we, we we make sure to retweet those uh those victories no doubt um what what year will he come in as and uh he's, he's I, a freshman a true freshman oh wow okay Ooh. Um, and he, where, where's he coming from? Uh, uh city state, uh, Orlando. He's right out of Orlando, uh, East, East Ridge, I think it's East Ridge High School. Oh, okay, yeah, my backyard. Right mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, there's a lot. Okay, um, that's nice. That's nice. Um, what else did I? Oh, okay, so already folks in the chat rooms want to know about the FAMU relays. Uh, <laughs> it, it obviously was one of those things that. Uh, I, I think I heard A.D. Sykes mention on a town hall meeting somewhere that it's one of those uh, goals of hers to work and find a way to bring that back. So while we have you, what, what can you tell us about the FAMU relays and when can we expect that to return? Rough, roughly. Roughly, our, our goal is roughly 2025. Uh, we we want to do it and we want to do it right. Uh, we're in the process of, we just did a site visit with AAU Junior Olympics. 
to try and host that from June 22nd to June, June 26th, which would give us a dry run to be prepared for the family relays. Uh, we needed to get, we have to get some upgrades done to the facility so that we can put on a quality meet. You just don't want to put on the meet. You want to put on a meet where we're going to get good performances so that people will want to come back. We want to be in the position to be able to honor the alumni and do all the things that the Rattlers want, but do it the right way. So that we can, because at the end of the day, teams want to go to a meet where they're going to get fast time to qualify for the NCAA regionals and the NCAA championships and Olympic trials. So we want to be able to make sure that we have everything in place to do that as well as serve the needs of all alumni and, and make it a big party at the end of the day. But we want those performances as well. So I'm a, I'm going to be a novice here, which which really I am. When you say that, what does that mean? Because I mean, when you say you want to have a, 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 so so how does the site play into helping the runners achieve those times? You know, a, a, a novice might think, oh well, if you're fast, you're fast. So so <laughs> if you could kind of explain it to to help people understand what you what you're referring to a little bit. Well, one one you want to make sure that your surface is 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 up to the par, you know, making sure all the little uh, knickknack, the, the small whole things that need to be resurfaced, relined, things of that nature. You want to be able to make sure that you can run, say, the hurdle events in either direction because of wind. Because if the wind will slow down the uh, times, which if you get slower times, because you can't, you can only run one way, that makes people not want to come to your venue because you put them at a disadvantage. We also want to make sure that the flow that we have the right area set up for team camps, warm up area, officials to be able to do what they need to do, uh, clerking things so that everything runs smoothly and on time. So that when your time schedule is set, you're going to run. If you're set to run at three o'clock, you're going to run at three o'clock and you're not 30, 45 minutes behind, which all brings problems for performance. Because at the end of the day, people are coming for the performance. That, that's a great explanation. That, that, that's great. Thank you for that. Kelvin, what else you got? So talk about why you decided to come and accept the family job. Why, why were you interested in it? And um, just some goals, the media I goals. Mean, I, I, this, this was the third time I had applied for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> third time's the charm, Sorry. Coach. Third time's the charm. Yeah, so, so what's the child. Yeah, you know. Uh, fam, you, the, the history, you know, the history of the institution as itself. It's a brand, you know, for some of the, the let's say, the, the PW, Michigan's a brand, Florida's a brand. Fam, you is a brand. Yes. And it's like if you line up 10 track and field athletes at any given time, you know, at a track meet, especially here in Florida, Nine out of ten of them, them athletes, parents, and somebody is affiliated with Florida AM, whether it's an aunt, uncle, somebody is affiliated with being a rattler. And it, it just offers, especially from a recruiting standpoint, when you have so many people that are affiliated with the university, you can't help but be in a position to be successful. You just have to go out, recruit those athletes, and give them something to want to be a part of. Um, I mean, it, it's, it was amazing. And, and actually, once I finally got here, I'm like, rattlers take care of rattlers. I've, and I've never, you know, I, I went to Seton Hall University 
in New Jersey. And, and to be here in the support in the alumni base, I've never experienced anything like that. Um, I, we, uh, when I first got here, I was invited over to talk to the 220 quarterback club and everyone there made you feel like you was family and they just met me. You know, everyone was just supportive, told them what I needed. Boom. Next thing I know, they took care of it. It was like, why? Well, and I have, I've never experienced anything like that from, from outside, uh, help. Some of the other institutions I've been to, you yeah. just had the budget to go get it, but to have that support, you know, that's. You can't. Re- I haven't seen anything like it myself, and I'm appreciative. Appreciative of it. Right. Um, let me get you out of here. One last question. One more that I saw in the uh, chat room here, asking about uh, any chance of the men's cross country potentially coming back. Uh, what would that? That's take? above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> Honest answer. That's above I'm- my pay grade. <laughs> But but is it? I mean, is we're it, we're, we're uh, all for it. We're, we're all for it because hey, that's another opportunity to get a championship. Right now, our goal is five and move to six. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so so it's a, it's it's something that uh, you, it's on it's on the wants. It's on the wants yeah, list. Yeah, it's on the want list. It's on the want list. Yeah, all right. If I had to prioritize, it would be getting the coaches in place mm-hmm. so that when, if we bring it in now, we're fully complete. Because again, it's about you know you guys are affiliate. We have to make sure that. We're within the, the budgetary limits that we have, being able to field the team where athletes feel that they get with their with, with their counterparts are getting, both academically, athletically, as well as the gear. All those things playing to a, a role when you're talking about student athletes these days. So I don't want to stretch myself so thin that we don't have what we have to service the athletes that we do have. But I, I'm hoping that with winning, hey, winning. Here's a lot of things. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, well, hey, Coach, uh, I want to give you the last word to, you know, to give any shout outs or, or talk about anything upcoming that you, you want to share with Rattler Nation. I know cross country season's coming up, uh, you know, so before we before we end our time here tonight, I want to give you the last word. Anything you want to plug or talk about, mention. Uh, well, just uh, my staff and I were grateful. We're thankful to be here. Thank you to VP Sykes and VP Smith for continuously supporting us. Uh, we have a foundation. If anyone wants to contribute to that foundation, it will help us uh, get these athletes. Right now, my goal is I'm already trying to think ahead to the Olympic trials and the time that uh, we'll be out there, which is outside of the NCAA competition season. So funds to have these athletes be in a position to be able to go to the 2024 Olympic trials. The more support we can get towards that will be greatly appreciated. Um, and we're, we're, we're ready to make Rattler Nation proud. All right. All right. And uh, I know you on what's, what's your social media handles, Coach, so people can uh, reach out to you and, and follow you and, and give you love out there. I actually, I, I don't have what well, I mean. <laughs> I'm really not on it like that. I'm on Facebook. Okay. The kids say, Coach, you old. I have a Instagram <laughs> is coach.g. Yeah, it's coach.g. My Twitter is the same, coach.g. But I'm more an old Facebook guy. But anything, hey, hit us on the FAMU uh, Twitter and FAMU Track and Field Twitter and Instagram. And you can always email me and, or, or stop by the track. All right. 
All right. Again, uh, Coach G, we, we appreciate your time, man. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, any, anytime you got anything that you want to share or promote, you always got a place right here. All you got to do is send me a text and uh, it's done. We'll, we'll get it done for you. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. You guys be blessed. All right. You too. All right. Thank you, Coach. Okay. All right. Coach Garfield Ellenwood, uh, the second, uh, the uh, our head coach, cross country, women's cross country and track and field program. All right. Um, real quick, let me see this. Hey, Marcus. Marcus. Marcus, you still sound like you're underwater. Uh-oh. Uh, all right. Well, let's do this. We're going to take a break and come back with Coach Gokhan Yilmaz. I know he's waiting. So we'll take a quick two-minute break, come back with Coach Gokhan, and we'll keep this thing rolling as best as possible. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. Be back in two. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Covers Voice, Covers Voice, Covers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love. Jackson State University takes on the Venomous. Florida AM University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out orangeblossomclassic.com for tickets and info. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, 
Marcus. Can you hear me? Man, look, you sound beautiful now. Look at you. you what, about, what about me? Can, can you hear oh, me? Now, everybody, in, everybody comes in like the margin 100 on game day, sounding crystal clear in full surround sound. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about why this happened later. But let's get ready to bring on our next guest because we don't want to keep him. We can't keep The champ is here. The champ is here. The champ is here. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the head coach of our two-time. Swack volleyball champions coach Gokad Gilmaz. Coach, how you doing, sir? Very good. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Hey, you know, uh, we appreciate you coming on with us. As you can see, uh behind you, coaches live from Gaither Gymnasium. Looks like you had a practice tonight, coach. We did, yes. Uh we finished our second day, so we already finished four practices, and we're scheduled to practice at 10:30 tomorrow morning again. Nice, nice. We, we, yeah, I recall we talked about this last year about how it appears how late volleyball practice starts. It's like in, in the, the number of practices you get before the first game. Uh, any changes in NCAA rules recently, or, or is there any upcoming NCAA legislation that might give you guys more opportunity to practice, or, you, or do you like? the kind of current format, the way it's set up? Yeah, I can answer it in reverse order. I really don't like it. Uh, and uh, today we were talking about it with our uh, new compliance person, Brittany, and she's doing a great job for us in that standpoint from the compliance office. And um, volleyball has been thinking, volleyball coaches and our association, American Volleyball Coaches Association, that we would have more access to the kids during summer. Absolutely, we have uh, none right now. Um, so there has even been proposals that uh, the preseason would be extended to, let's say, 30 days or so from 17. Right now, it's only 17 days before the first competition. And uh, it used to be 29 units. There was an interesting way of counting units of practice when you're out of school. When you're in school, people were getting confused with it. It just didn't make too much sense. Two years ago, they changed it to 17 days prior your first competition. And that puts us on August 8th as the report date. So uh, it's very limited time and it really wears out everybody because if you practice a lot, it's a problem. If you don't practice enough, it's a problem. And if your group is not here over the summer, which we don't offer summer school for every student athlete, um, but this was the best year I had in terms of that. Um, it's really an interesting um, thing to have. Very short time, uh, creates a lot of injuries, burnout, uh, very difficult to manage. Um, but what we learned over the time is more practice is not necessarily better. Um, so we are taking some days lighter and uh, we are going two days of two practices and one day of one practice until we play our exhibition again as West Florida. And then uh, we'll manage it a little bit lighter um, before the actual opening at uh, Bir at University of Alabama, Birmingham. Right. I, I mean, I, I hate to start the show talking politics of the NCAA. What what kind of? I'm just curious. What kind of explanations do they give for these policies in in a time when you think they'd want to give student athletes uh, more time instead of having them practice more in a shorter time span? I'm I'm just curious myself. I don't think it's necessarily having more time. Uh, I think it has to do with funding. I mean, if you think about it, um, 
it's haves and have nots. And uh, there is people that can offer summer school forever. Uh, and there is universities that can offer limited summer school. And there is universities that can offer no summer school. So per se, if you go and uh, make a point that you can start 30 days prior, uh, I know maybe half of the um, universities that support women's volleyball might not be able to start that early. Because again, you have to bring the girls in, you have to pay housing, you have to pay meals. Um, so it becomes very expensive to be able to host the preseason camps. And I think that's why... Um, Football, men's and women's basketball are the only ones right now that has summer access uh, to to their student athletes. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, uh, Kelvin, go ahead. Coach, for I saw you had your ring ceremony, uh, and um, but coach, I want you to kind of talk about the uh, pressure of trying to three p number one with an interesting squad. So your roster this year, you have some tr you have some freshmen. You have a, a few returnees, and then you got some transfers. Uh, but essentially, this is kind of a new team in some ways. So we're trying to get all that together within a two-week time frame before your first scrimmage. Uh, talk about, the, you know, it's good to have expectations, you know, being champions. But just talk about the challenge of, of, of your roster this year. And, and it, do you approach it any differently with uh, – without having all, you know, uh, a, a big core of returners. Yeah, um, let me start with the rings. Um, I really appreciate Tiffany finding funding for those. Um, it's uh, really turned into an interesting situation there. Uh, and the ones we got this year are much better than the ones we did last year. So I really appreciate what she's done with it. And uh, she's doing an amazing job as our athletic director. I know there uh, were some people out there that were hesitant and all that, I don't want to go into all of those, but we, we really trusted her resume when we met her as coaches. We really felt a very good connection, and she's doing a fantastic job being accessible, uh, providing us knowledge, and uh, also understanding how um, things work in an athletic department our size. Uh, going back to the roster, um, I mean, we're coming almost coming off of the COVID seniors uh, being out of uh, the circulation for every school. And we uh, only have two right now. Um, two of our fifth and sixth year players have that uh, COVID tag. Uh, but I, I made this point before when I was named the head volleyball coach here, uh, when Dr. Eason hired me, we only had one domestic player uh, that played on our team. Alexis Gaucher was from Apopka, Florida. Uh, we did not have the history of recruiting kids uh, domestically. We did not have any recruiting lists. And it takes a while to get to that point. And then the other part was it's challenging to go see the kids across the country if you don't have the funds. Um, so it took us three years uh, about to be able to get to a point where we establish relationships with these kids. Because the other thing we want is we haven't had any transfer outs here. We bring kids in. We've done a good job with transfer ins and graduated them. So any kid I bring, I really feel like we have to have connection with them. They have connection with the university, with the staff, with the team. So they stay here and graduate. And that's the reason why it's taken us some time to bring quality freshmen in. And they are very good. Um, you know, they're kids that had multiple offers from different places, chose to come here. 
Um, and I think they're going to do great things for, for our volleyball program. Uh, transfers, again, it's a good tradition for us to be able to look out for kids that are coming from even SWAC schools. You know, we transferred the second SWAC player. We had one last year. Jada Taylor came from Grambling. Caitlin Scroggins this year is coming from Texas Southern. And uh, I think they're going to do a good job, too. Um, and unfortunately, we lost two players. We didn't expect losing uh, late in summer. Uh, we couldn't uh, replace them. And we still have one that's outside of the country trying to get our paperwork together and uh, come in and join us. But luckily, she played for her U23 national team. She's now practicing with the senior national team back home. I'm expecting it to be a good team again. And uh, from pressure standpoint, uh, we don't make a big deal about winning championships. Our goal is to improve every week and get better with first non-conference schedule and then once the conference starts. But um, competitive-wise, SWAC is going to be better than it's been in the last uh, two years. Alabama State keeps bringing their squads, very good coaching staff there, very well supported. Grambling State keeps adding to what they have, and Bethune-Cookman's younger players are now maturing. So I'm expecting them to have um, a great year, too. It will be very competitive, uh, but I always believe in my players and what we do here. And I always tell them there is a reason we recruit them. Uh, we think they can win at a high level, and we think they're a great fit here. So uh, our expectation is not necessarily a championship. Our expectation is to have a quality experience, but also improve uh, throughout the year. Okay. All right. Uh, there, for anybody who may not have seen those, those, uh, those rings that Coach mentioned, they, hey, those things are big, Coach. Uh, you, I, I noticed that when I saw the video, and then when I saw them on the girls' hands, I was like, "Holy cow, those are, those are beauty." Uh, so yeah, shout out to uh, Ad Sykes, uh, for for upgrading twice, two time champs get uh twice as big rings. I guess is the is the thing, huh? Uh, Marcus, go ahead there with Coach. Good evening, Coach. Uh, I guess kind of piggybacking off of Kelvin's question, uh, given that we're having about seven returning players and eight or nine new players, and I know teams change from year to year based on the skill set and experience, do you expect to have a different type of style of play with the players that you have now uh, since uh, Dominique has left and or do you believe it'll continue on in that same style of play well um from the standpoint of the graduate ones i mean we lost uh probably two of the best players that played here with iram graduating as a setter and she started playing a professional immediately and uh, dominique had opportunities to go and play i mean not only great players but great people as well and then we lost uh, another hitter in the middle that's uh, not coming back due to an injury and a family situation. But we're also bringing back uh, players who have championship experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Brooke Watts was a great player last year and rose um, to the occasions multiple times when needed. Uh, we're bringing back Brooke uh, Hudson, who was the defensive player of the year. I think she's going to do a great job there again. Isis Williams in the middle. She's been here uh, for a long time. She's my first recruit here at FAMU. Kalia Todd, uh, Dominique Turner, all of those guys are very experienced. Uh, from different style of play, uh, we have two very good setters right now. Um, and they both have extensive experience. Uh, one started for a junior college back-to-back -back years. Her team was in the national finals last year. So she has very high level experience. That's Alex Koleva. 
And London Hatch, we recruited two years ago coming out of high school. And we had a relationship with her and with her family. Uh, and that was the time that the other two transfer centers became available. Uh, we were never uh, ready to make an offer. And then London went up going to Lamar and started for them. So she has the experience of starting in 5-1 for, uh, for a Division One school. Uh, but they both are very good. So we might try playing with two setters. Uh, that adds another offensive player to the system. And uh, some of the incoming players are uh, extremely physical. And uh, so you're going from five attackers to six attackers. That's definitely doable. And with the number of defensive specialists we have and the experience they bring in, we might use those guys in the back row for uh, some of the front row players. I always go into preseasons with an open mind. Uh, I don't uh, make lineups uh, before we get closer to um, to the exhibition match. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, right now, everything is on the table. Uh, but it has been uh, good practices so far. So everybody understands we will do our best to find a spot for them where they can contribute to the team. And that's our goal. Okay. And actually, kind of a follow-up uh, question, since you mentioned some of the players, especially Ms. Hatch, uh, I was going to ask, uh, for some of the transfers that have come in over the summer, did you have a previous recruiting relationship with them and that was kind of like a seed planted with them? Or was it more, you know, someone's in the portal and she has a skill set that would fit and it was more of a relationship after the portal entry or a combination of both? Well, London was the only one we had extensive relationship with and we had uh, communications. Uh, Camilla is the other setter that's currently not in the country yet, but we recruited her coming out of junior college. She went to Miami-Dade also, but ended up going to FIU after that. Uh, she wanted to stay in Miami back then, uh, but we had very limited uh, conversations with her. But besides that, uh, what we're doing is looking back how they were in high school when they come into um transfer portal, talk to their coaches from high school club and also the current universities and trying to find if they're good fits or not. Okay. Thank you, coach. Hey coach. Uh, I had somebody in the, in the chat room ask about that beautiful arena or gymnasium behind you. And, you know, obviously with the, with the nice floor. Uh, I remember a couple years ago, we talked about potentially playing some games in Gaither. Uh, what, what's, are there any prospects of playing some games in Gaither this year? Or uh, before we get to talking about the schedule, you know, uh, um, are we are we looking at mostly playing in the Al Lawson Center? Well, um, I agree that the floor is beautiful here, and we really like this facility. We think this can be a great um, recruiting tool for us, great home court advantage, um, and it can be very productive. And it's easier for us to practice here than practice in Al Lawson for uh, multiple reasons. Uh, but the bleachers are still not functional. Um, so if you look at the ones that are out right now, uh, which is on this side of me, uh, they are not functional going back and forth. And then the ones that you see further back, they're further back because we can move them further back. Um, so there is some things that needs to be done. Uh, but uh, as we're speaking in the front lobby, there is two scoreboards that they're going to be installed in the uh, next week. Uh, they look great. So I think that's going to add a great dimension. And uh, Brian, who is our um, external person right now in athletics, he's working with a lot of different banners to be able to put in different places for championships and also All-Americans and all of those. And also customizing some of the uh, pads we have for the polls. 
and different things. Um, but with all of those in progress, once uh, the bleachers are fixed, I think we're more interested in uh, looking at this from that standpoint. We want to make sure that it looks uh, great from the first steps going in into the gym instead of uh, making it halfway. Uh, and I think it's going into the right direction for sure. And if you look behind me, this venue gives us almost three different courts to be able to practice the way the nets are set up. There's one right behind me. There is the actual net set up the other direction. And there is one more behind us too. So it gives us ample space to be able to move the kids around and be very intentional uh, with the practices we're running. So to answer it uh, at the bottom end of it, uh, Rhea Floyd does a great job with promotions for us. Uh, her and I were talking about potentially playing one match here and adding a clinic at the end of that for um, local middle school kids, inviting also high schools and uh, kind of like promoting that match, one of the conference matches, and move that here. Um, hopefully once the scoreboard is completed and we have a meeting next week, uh, that's a, that would be a good start for us. And the goal is to bring the band and all of that and run it like a rehearsal to see how it would look. Uh, but I'm very interested in it. Um, I know VP Sykes uh, needs to be the one. We need to get her blessing to do that. But uh, it's, um, it's something that we talked for some time and we think it can be productive. But uh, I don't know what the exact timeline for that would be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, let's talk a little bit about your schedule while we got you this evening. Um, we open up with a, I'm assuming it's a preseason sort of or an ex exhibition uh, match against uh, West Florida. You're going to travel out to Pensacola on August the 19th. Uh, so that's about nine days away, nine days, 15 hours and such, according to uh, famuathletics.com. Uh, and, and then you go into... Uh, the first of a couple of tournaments before we actually host a tournament. I remember you talked about wanting to host a tournament this year. So let's talk about uh, some of those teams that you've scheduled or some of those tournaments, uh, the UAB tournament to open, and then you got the Jacksonville tournament. Give us a little a background uh, of what what we can expect from those events and, and how those non-conference tournaments and opponents help you get ready for SWAC and even get ready for the regionals. Yeah, uh, our official start date for the matches is the 25th. Uh, that's the day we play, I think, Austin P University as the first match um, in the UAB tournament. Uh, but NCA allows us, and this rule passed, I think, four or five years ago, to play an exhibition match, and we can only play one match. And uh, we like playing West Florida. They're very competitive. Their coach uh, has been a good friend for a long time. And we do home and away with them. Uh, this year we're going to them and we're going to do it uh, more like a team bonding trip as well. Uh, we're going to take the team to the beach, uh, do a nice dinner there after we're done. It's a one o'clock match right now. Uh, so we're excited about that. And they are always great competition. Um, so um, that would be a good test. And it kind of gets uh, the nerves out of the way, too, when you play that. Um, but if you look at the schedule, we always try to schedule teams that are competitive. And that would be um, the type of teams we see in the NCAA tournament if we don't hit Florida's. So if we do well enough in preseason, have a chance not to be the fourth seed, 
you know, Buffaloes, Austin Peas, UABs, South Alabamas would be the type of teams that you would be seeing on those. Even Northern Arizona has a win over Florida a couple of years back in Gainesville. So those are all quality opponents. And we're also looking at it uh, regionally from the standpoint that we like them to be driving distance if we can and uh, also build the relationships where, you know, Stetson is coming to us this year. We'll go to them next year. Uh, Austin P came to us last year. We're playing them on a neutral court. And UAB came here last year for uh, a single match. We're going back to their tournament. And majority of these guys here are uh, very good friends. So, uh, And we're at the point where they want to play us. I think that speaks volumes of um, how much we have come along as a program where Georgia Tech coming here to our place to play us says a lot. Um, and they're seeing it as a good match. They're seeing it as a good RPI match for them and also competition. And uh, same thing for the rest of our schedule too. Uh, we talked about hosting a tournament a long time, um, and it takes a while to find sponsors. So this year, we finally have a sponsor for the tournament. I think they'll announce that soon. Um, so one of the local companies is going to be the name sponsor for the tournament. Uh, well, actually, it's right there, Sinorama. So I yeah. see it now. Um, so Peak Sports did a great job with finding Sinorama and um, doing a deal with them. Also, City of Tallahassee is in the process of finding us some uh, help with the costs of this. And uh, I'm planning on making this an annual uh, thing where we host every year. On a weekend, there's no football here. Um, so yeah. for next year, we already have a couple of teams that are interested in coming. And um, it's, uh, it's in the plans that uh, we find sponsors for it, get some help with City of Tallahassee, and make this, a, this an annual tournament that uh, we have at home. Uh, Kelvin, go ahead. Uh, get get a last question or two in there for Coach. Coach, your um, conference schedule is interesting. We start off with five games in a row at home, and I think we end with five games on the road, and then BCU at home. Uh, is the, do you all have any influence or say in terms of the conference scheduling, and do you like it? unbalanced like that or does it matter well uh we don't have influence Conf conference does the schedule uh the only way we make changes is bethune cookman match was switched um i think the weekend they were supposed to come here i believe there's football here so the hotels were too expensive so we agreed to change home and away with them um but besides that if the coaches don't agree which usually uh it takes four coaches to agree on all those weekends, uh, it will have to stay the way that conference sets it up. Um, I mean, we have to play them somehow, somewhere. So whatever it falls, we'll do our best to prepare and play. But you're right. If you travel two, three weekends in a row, it really takes a toll on the team. Uh, but starting next year, the scheduling will be different. Uh, it's going to be east side playing everybody home and away. Uh, West side will either play home and away and it will switch every year. So it's going to what basketball does. So if we go to Houston to play Prairie View and Texas Southern this year, next year they're going to come to us. And it's a great idea. It brings more yeah. home matches. Uh, it creates more rivalries. And it helps the budget. If you think right now we play in two clusters where we have to go stay and share the expenses. But moving forward, the most we can travel is two, but on the reverse year, 
we're going to be only traveling once the other two weekends coming to us. So you're almost spending one and a half over a two year span instead of two trips. Um, so I really think that was a very good decision by the coaches and swag and the conference office approving that. Um, so it's uh, starting in the next year. Awesome. All right. Hey, uh, coach, want to give you the last word to, uh, let us know uh, anything that maybe we, we didn't get a chance to ask you that you want to talk about or any shout outs or, or anything that you want to mention here before we uh, we close out with you today, tonight. Yeah, shout out to Marcus. Marcus is always knowing who's who we're recruiting and who's committing. So I wonder <laughs> if he has if he has some uh, news for me that I'm not aware of yet. Hey, he stays on it, coach. He stays on it. He stays on it, coach. No, I just just follow social media and keep a good eye out for FAMU signees. So, but I if you have any tips, a... we can talk offline. Okay, I heard there's a website that you're looking at and all of those. I got to learn all the secrets, so I'm in the know who's committing or not because I'm throwing out offers there and I can't tell who's committing. But, um, but going back to recruiting uh, with the with the connections that we were able to build in the last three, four years, and obviously with the success and the improvement of the facilities, when people come into this gym, this looks like it's done for volleyball. It means a lot for the kids and parents. Um, so we already have very good kids committed in 2024. I can't talk about who they are, uh, hmm. but I think one of them already uh, announced that there's going to be one coming up for 2025, a very good player, the top player on our list. Uh, another top player in her position, 2025, is visiting this uh, Friday. Uh, is going to be, I think, coming here for the second time. So uh, we also did a camp here, um, second time. We did one uh, my first year uh, later on Christmas time, and then this was the first one we did after that. Um, Tiffany's administration did fantastic with providing us the facility. Uh, and we did it as a fundraising camp also. So it raised a lot of funds for the program and also brought some of our top recruits here on campus. And uh, it was fantastic. You know, it was a great uh, competition within the kids. We had kids from Colorado, from D.C., from Texas, uh, a lot of different places. Um, so one, one of the, the one that committed actually committed on the way home when she left the camp. Um, so... Recruiting is going well on that standpoint, too. But like we mentioned earlier, uh, our goal is to graduate everybody, run a respectable program, and uh, see if we can win a conference championship at the end of every year. Obviously, you don't win every year. The kids change. But so far, we're very lucky. We graduated great people. Um, they're going out there. They have jobs. They love their experience here with volleyball and uh, they will continue supporting our program too so i'm uh, very proud of that as aspect well well coach i'm, I'm sure uh, after after we uh disconnect with you marcus will tell us who those commits are so you don't worry about it i know marcus already knows so we, we... <laughs> the one for 2024 i've already uh oh, yes. see, see coach we we already know we'll we'll, we'll share that off we'll share that with rattling nation we won't get you in trouble or anything like that um Hey, well, well, Coach, uh, again, we always appreciate you and, and the time that you give to us. And uh, we're always big supporters of yours and the program and uh, whatever we can do. We got to get some, uh, Kelvin, we got to find a way to get some back-to-back -back shirts or something. You know, we even we, even if we have to make some, we got to get some back-to-back uh, -back shirts or some volleyball, FAMU volleyball shirts or something. 
mm-hmm. so we can make sure we represent uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, so, uh, Coach, uh, good luck this year. Uh, much health and uh, to everybody in the preseason. And, uh, man, we're, we're ready to roll. We, we're looking forward to, to watching these games. And uh, uh, we're hoping that we can uh, – Put another one, put another banner up there and get you in and see you guys win some more rings. So yeah, uh, thanks for your time tonight, Coach. God bless. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Thanks, Be well. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. All right. Again, Coach. Uh, so, so Marcus, who, who is he talking about? I know you know the name already. Who is he talking I about? I do. I'm trying to get to my list right Well, now. let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's go to break. When we come back from the break, Marcus can tell us who that recruit is that uh, Coach Gokhan was talking about. And I believe we'll have Vaughn Wilson coming up as well from HBCUGameDay.com, and and we can talk about the uh, uh, member number 368, Mr. Ken Riley Sr., uh, inductee into the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame this past weekend. So you guys hang in there with us. We're going to take a short break. Be back in a moment. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Marcus Green, uh, back with you. Uh, we should have on. Wilson joining us shortly from HBCU game day. All right. So Marcus, who was that 2024 recruit that coach Gokhan was, uh, was talking about? 
Uh, from what I could tell, her name is Natalie Johnson. She's a 5'11", 135-pound middle blocker from Connolly High School in Austin, Texas. And they play at the Class 5A Division One level Ooh. for volleyball. Okay. Okay. So I was going to ask. Uh, I was actually, and she actually, uh, she also does the high jump for a high school team. Did yeah? Did, did we uh, did we already have a? Uh, did we already do the whole? Uh, hey, retweet. Welcome to the family. Have we done that already with her? Uh, I don't know. She committed July sixth. She put out a tweet. Well, actually, she did not. But her, uh, junior volleyball school. team put out her commitment. Oh, I think I saw that one. I think you said that was from July. Yeah, July sixth. So I may have I probably retweeted that and said fangs up or something like that. But I don't know. If, yeah. I didn't see a formal announcement for her from her. And I'm still trying to see if she had Instagram. I think she has Instagram as well. I think. All uh, right. Well, put that if you find that, drop that in the in the uh, in the chat, and then we'll make sure to uh, the to tweet. Reach. Yeah, yeah. Put the tweet in the chat, and we'll make sure to to uh, to host that. All right. So, what? While we wait on Vaughn, what what happened with everybody's audio here? What did what did we what did we discover in the time <laughs> that with the audio issue? Come on now, talk to me. What y'all figure out? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get some straightening. That's what happened. I had to go back to my roots. Hey man, I want to go to Alabama, man, Montgomery, man. Because right now that's the safest places in the world for black folks. On that real dog, <laughs> ain't nobody messing with us. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I had to go back to messing my original headset. The, the whole the whole soundboard. <laughs> messing with folks trying yeah, to do their job. Original setup. You know, messing with folks while they're trying to do their job. Stuff comes back. I love the whole the hat toss though, boy. That oh that's what still that's what that, the, that's what the gives smoke me signal. signal. The smoke signal, like, okay, it's on. I, the bat signal. I need somebody to come get me here. I'll take a couple <laughs> blows as long as the rest of y'all show up. Oh, he that, was holding it down until like people came out the woodwork. Oh, I mean, but it didn't last long. You know, it didn't last long. Let Aquaman. Yeah, man. Oh man, I all day I was crying. I woke up like four o'clock oh, in the morning. I was like, "What man. is this?" I, I tell all you, day Monday, it, there was no thing. productivity out of me. Yeah, I bet. I bet you weren't you weren't the only one. Hey, all right, our next guest is in. Let's go ahead and bring on uh Vaughn Wilson, HBCUGameday.com. And uh there he is. Vaughn, good to see you tonight. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Still tired, but still beaming from this weekend. Man, uh yes, indeed. I mean, obviously, uh, a big weekend indeed. As of course, uh, Ken Riley, uh, your 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 former coach, uh, Rattler yep. legend, uh, one of Gaither's boys, uh, fifteen years in the uh, NFL with the Bengals, gets inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, so many just thoughts and questions uh, I got for you. I'm sure Marcus and Kelvin do as well. But let's just talk about the journey, the journey up. Uh, Describe who you went with, uh, how you made it, because it sounded like I heard one of your vlogs. It sounded like y'all drove. And I'm like, you really drove that? Not a chance. 
Okay, okay. I was wondering. No, we, I was wondering. We we flew into Cleveland because uh, Canton is a small airport. We flew into Cleveland and then um, drove over. Okay. All right. All right. And so then, uh, my 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 um my second shooter was my wife. You know, she's a FAMU journalism grad, and um, you know, she's a, a, a friend of the Riley family as well. So you know, it, Brian, I got I got to tell a story about that. You know. So sometimes when you give people an assignment and you don't give them like very specifics or don't think about, they don't understand the decorum or the protocols of media, right? Mm-hmm. So I gave my wife a, a handheld camera for the enshrinement ceremony. And so I go to the media photographer's area and Chris Berman is talking and I look down right in front of him on the screen. I was like, is that my wife all the way up by the stage? Yes, it was her. <laughs> All the way, butt up against the stage filming. I mean, she was getting the job done, but it was just, that was one of those funny moments. She's like, "Woo!" Like, who's going who's gonna to tell her, ma'am, uh, you're not really supposed to be here? Who's going to tell her that? You know, it's like, yeah, we'll, right. who's going to check me, boo? <laughs> I, I, I like the story where you were talking about how I think you said uh, she, was, she, she was next to uh, Peyton Manning and didn't even know like she was next to Peyton Manning. It's you know. So this lobby of the DoubleTree Hotel, that's why all the Hall of Famers, they just take over that. So, uh, you know, a big part of the Hall of Fame is the older Hall of Famers welcoming the new ones in. So they're all there, you know, those that are able. And um, so, I mean, this lobby was literally you turn Jerome Bettis, Bill Cower, Ray Lewis, Tony Dorsett, and Emmett, like I guess you saw my picture. I mean, you just, the who's who of football, and my wife is in that lobby, and some people, some, the fam, you could, contingent was, you know, getting ready for the parade, and they're in that lobby. It just so happens that my wife is standing in one place for a while, and then one of the people came over to her was like, You've been standing by Peyton Manning for a minute and you didn't even acknowledge him. She was like, Who? <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff. She not, she's not a, but you know what? That probably is why he stayed there because she didn't bother him because she didn't know who he was. Well, the only one she knew was Michael Strahan and it had nothing to do with football. It was his Good Morning his America, field, brother. Uh, is how she knew him. She doesn't, she likes basketball. She doesn't follow football. Gotcha. Gotcha. Kelvin, go ahead. Kind of talk about, you know, I, I always do my complex questions. I want you to talk about your relationship with Coach Riley and this whole journey of starting to get him into the hall and then it culminating with him actually being inducted into the hall. And then um, just the family, particularly uh, Miss Riley and what it meant to them and, 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 and just that experience. Well, um, Coach Riley is the guy who, um, and, and, and Kelvin definitely knows this, at, at FAMU High, I mean, you have, your position is a slash, slash, slash. So I was a tight end, defensive end, kicker, punter, long snapper as well. You know, we just did everything, you know. And so um, um, I actually, my first year, my freshman year, I did not play football. I was not actually offered a scholarship by Rudy Hubbard, but I had a full, I had a scholarship to the school of business and industry, you know, um, back then SBI would 
come get you as a junior? I mean, have you committed? I mean, they, um, Mr. Rosier, Kenneth Rosier came down there and my papers were signed before I knew that I was in the SBI. So um, I just said, if I wasn't playing at FAMU and I had offers at Appalachian State and Georgia Southern, SBI meant more to me than going to play football those other places. You know, I'd rather stay there. So my sophomore year, <clears throat> something happened to the long snapper. He didn't make his grade or whatever. Literally two weeks before the season, Rudy Hubbard said, hey, I need you to snap. I need you to – I know you're – it's not the first thing you do, but we know that you can snap. And you're. we already know you're academically eligible. You're an SBI. And so we got in, and I did that for two years. And then um, in that transition, Riley came, and Riley, upon the recommendation of uh, Tony Messina, said, hey, he, he brought me in one day and said, hey, we need you to step back 15 yards. We need you back um, getting us out of trouble. And from from then, you know, the way that he did that, I, I mean, he, he basically said, we're, we're depending on you. I mean, this is I, I just met the man. And so, you know, we had a we're, we were fortunate to have a great career there. And um, and this is what I tell everybody about why I came became really close to Ken Riley. Uh, unlike a lot of my teammates, I had my father and mother all through that time. I had a, a strong man, my father, in my house. But somehow Ken Riley still made a way into me respecting him as that alpha male. I, it's just his nature. It's just everything about him because you just knew this man did everything right. And so when I tell you about him being a special man, you know, for the kids who came, who were from single parent homes, it's easily attached to him as a father figure. It's a little more difficult for somebody like me who had my father right there in town, you know, on campus. And he still did it. So that's the kind of man that I say that that, that Ken Riley is and, and how, why I became attached to him. And um, uh, we, we, as we started seeing the years go by and him not going in and me really, really dig digging into his pro career. I was like, wow, why isn't he in the hall? And uh, Keith Miles and I were talking and he actually came up with the theme Ken for Canton. Keith Miles came up with that. And so, you know, we eventually got a website and started doing petitions and writing articles everywhere I could write them and get anybody to listen to me and that sort of thing. And then 2019 came, and and that's to to me that was the heartbreak year for Coach Riley, and and, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure that that didn't contribute to his passing, because all those years he waited that 2019 year, I think it was the 100th year of football, and he was like, okay, well if I haven't gone in, this would be a perfect time to go in with the 100th celebration of football, and when it didn't happen, hmm. It was it was it was tough on me because I knew he was kind of looking and hoping then, and so I actually interviewed him uh, after that, and we kind of went through his thought process and those kind of things, and that actually made me start even stepping up what I was doing. I, it, it was right after that that I started that petition that we got over five thousand um, signatures on, and um, just start. You know, it's like when you believe in something. You may not know that it's 
the right thing, perfect thing to do, but you got to do something. If you believe in something and someone, you got to do whatever you can possibly do. And hopefully something may stick. Um, and that's kind of what we did. And, and so when it actually happened, um, it was, it was just, it was just amazing. Can I, let me, can I, can I jump in and ask, um, because I know of late the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, got on board and I know they did their ring of, they did their first ring of honor, uh, what in their 50th year, like they didn't have a ring of honor prior to that. Correct. You're, um, you're absolutely right. And a lot of people say, um, him being inducted into the ring of honor in 2021, uh, Catapult, catapulted this um, this nomination, and I, I I have to I have to agree with it. Um, we were up there with the Riley family um, for that amazing celebration, but um, you know, talking about Miss Riley, and she she was just always just an absolute ultra nice person um, all around, and. Um, we, we happened to be going back up af after the Ring of Honor and Ken the second got the jacket and that thing. And we were all going back because they had each person going in the ring after the Munoz and Kenny Anderson and Barbara. They gave each family a, a, a booth, a, a, a luxury box. And we were going back to our luxury box and the elevator was kind of crowded. So we just let everyone else go up. I told uh, Ken's wife, Tiffany, I said, I'll ride up with Miss Riley. We'll just wait because we just didn't want to get on that crowded elevator. And so it ended up just being the two of us riding up the elevator. And on the way up, and I just said, wow, Ms. Barbara, how, ni how nice was that? That was just amazing. And she started crying and said, I just wish he was here hmm. to, 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 to see it. Mm -hmm. And I started crying. And then <laughs> as we got up on the elevator, I said, Ms. Barbara, we got to straighten up before we get off this elevator. We just had a laugh and we kind of wiped our tears and got off. And it was just a moment with the family, <laughs> you know, but that, that also let me know how deep it was. And, and then that's when she started telling me, you know, the stories of really how much it meant to him. And, and, and it made me personally just even want it even more for him. But I got to tell you guys, there was a side of me that was pissed off the whole time I was there because I, why the hell y'all wait 40 years and a man just died three years ago. He hadn't changed the stat in 40 years. The record is what it is. He flashed it on TV on his last game that he was fourth in the league. Then he's fifth now. And you let the other person that tied him in. So I, it, it was, it, that's, that's where I was. I was, I was asking, I was, that's where I was kind of going, but I want, I was curious if, if like maybe, uh, any other uh, writers or people in those 10 years previous, any of them maybe come up and say, man, I know I, I wish I fought to try to get in me. You know, I've just every it's all revisionist at this point. And but I wonder, did did anybody come up to you maybe personally on the side or, or you know, to just kind of be like, I love what you did. And man, we 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 messed up. We should have had him in here 10 years ago. You know, that kind of thing. They didn't have to. When we were on that parade route, every single person that reached out to us, they finally let him in. They should have been letting him in the whole route. And, you know, the parade, Wally Williams, Tony Ezell, and I, after the parade, we kind of grew. We was like, these people are very well aware, and they absolutely know 
and they had a strong feeling that um, <laughs> Riley, they were very vocal about the fact that they thought Riley should have been in and it was a travesty. And uh, I, I mean, Wally and I sat and looked at each other wide eyed, like we never expected that much. First, I'm, I'm not used to parades. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful job. Um, um, a VPAD Sykes did. I mean, she laid out the Rattler orange carpet. She bought a float. She bought a truck with a video screen showing Riley's highlights. She mm-hmm. uh, uh, bought uh, T-shirts for a high school band that was um, our band. The Bengals had their cheerleaders there with us. They had the Bengals mascot. We had Venom and, and Mrs. Venom. And it was a great showing. And the people appreciated it. It, it, to, to hear you know, people that were not our color say, that's Florida and them. That's the school that Ken Riley went to. You know, it was a brand... Not only were we celebrating uh, Riley, but it was a great opportunity to to expose the FAMU brand. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus, go ahead. Actually, that kind of ties into a question. And I'm like Kelvin, I have these complex compound questions. I guess some of it you may have already answered a little bit, but my first one was what impact or importance uh, does or will having Coach Riley finally being inducted have on the Tallahassee community that FAMU and the perception of FAMU athletics and academics. That's the first part. Second part, while you were there, did you notice any other um, inductees who had a contingent from their college alma mater there supporting that was it mostly on the pro side? Not, not even close. There was nothing, there was nothing like what FAMU had. Nothing even close. That That's why I said it was well thought out. And then, um, uh, um, they had little coins, little Ken Riley coins that they were packed. You can't throw things from the float, but that was why we had additional people that weren't players. They could pass them out. They could walk over to the people and pass out those little coins and those little footballs. So expanding the brand was it was a, it was a it was done well. It was done with class, um, you know, and, you, and then you got. You know, one of the top Hollywood producers riding in the convertible. Will Packer was there. Um, he 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 wouldn't miss it. You know, and it's it, it, and when you hear people yell out "strike and strike and strike again," and it's like, yeah, this is this is a great great opportunity to do branding along with celebrating and supporting um, Coach Riley. Okay. And what about the, the impact or what do you believe the impact would be not only the Tallahassee community having, or even his hometown in Bartow, having him finally inducted into the Hall of Fame, but also FAMU itself and perhaps for going forward in terms of athletics and academics, having two Hall of Famers and one recently, as recent as this year? I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, going into the Hall of Fame Museum on, on Friday, I was over there, there to get some shots because I knew Saturday was going to be crowded and I needed to get some shots and some drone shots and all this kind of thing. And I saw a coach taking a a, 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 a black coach taking his little league football team into the hall. And I stopped and asked him, I asked him specifically, I said, uh, you know, will you, will you um, explain to your team when you get in there, about the athletes that went to HPC. He said, absolutely. He said, I've already, um, you know, kind of versed them on that. Um, but now we're going to make sure that we actually, you know, 
starting with Riley on the wall because they whoever's there in that class, there's a big banners on the on the walls outside. So they started by taking pictures over there. So expanding even the awareness of Riley. And I think the good thing is every time they talked about him, they called him a Rose Scholar nominee. Mm, and nice. and that's as uh, that's that's as prestigious as being um all SIAC and 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 all of those things um because they're not it, you, we all know they're not giving that nomination away um to be considered a, a Rose Scholar nominee. So I think that's what people will learn about Ken Riley. Everybody knows he had those interceptions, but they didn't know about how smart the man was. Thank you. Uh, Vaughn, this is one of my favorite photos right here. Hold on. I got to make sure it comes up here. All right, come on. Add the stream. There it is. <laughs> I, 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 love, <laughs> I love the coordination. Uh, I think it was either your tweet or post or maybe Greg's. The coordination. Of he the called orange. me. And the green, the Rattler F. Talk about that. I love that. Greg and I, our relationship is just unlike any other, is that as a kid, I used to shag balls for Greg when he was kicking at FAMU. He, and, and especially on, I used to love to do it on game days because he would always, he had a little puppy. Roger was his name. Roger was not supposed to be in the field, but Roger would be on the field while Greg was warming up. And Greg used to warm with this long hat with a bell on the end because his nickname was Dingaling. And uh, so we were free, we we became friends. He's more he he a mentor of mentor uh, to me um, at a very I was at a, a very young age. Uh, this is seventy five, which means I was like nine years old. And so Greg and I have been friends ever since. And that's one of the reasons I always want to learn how to punt because I will see Greg doing it mm-hmm. and then Vince behind him. So that's one of the reasons that I wanted to learn how to punt is right there. And you just don't meet a better guy. And uh, and as I started having success at FAMU, then I get I, I get a call. And he said, hey, you're thumping him, man. You're thumping him. I said, who is this? He said, this is Greg Dingaling. And, you know, he was playing with the Vikings at the time. And so that was just our bond grew from there. And we keep in contact all the time. And I can't wait for him to go into the Florida Sports Hall of Fame in October, I think it is. And it's in Jacksonville this year. So it should be a Rattler, it should be a serious Rattler contingent over in Jacksonville. Uh, it's on a Wednesday, uh, midweek. And, um, we're we're very excited for Greg, but that guy there, that's a guy that I really love. He's been a mentor and a friend and just a class guy. Um, one other, some other, couple other cool photos, of course. Uh, you and you and Ken, uh, there uh, having a moment, and then of course the uh, you get a pose there. I think uh, Carmen took the one on the right, uh, mm-hmm. the one with you in the jacket. Um, as a you know, just from a nostalgia standpoint, I mean, your coach, your guy, your friend, your teammates, uh, where, where do you put that in terms of nostalgic moments that you have been a part of? Where, where do you put this weekend? 
um, right at the very top. I would let me let me let me put him. I got two at the top because um, I was I was um, meet media credentialed for Barack Obama when he first came, which means I spent a lot of time with him that day. And this was when before I met him before I met him that day, I just I was sure I was voting for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. But after meeting that guy and, and being with him all day, I was like, mm, no, man, this dude's something different about him. You know, so that day and this day, as far as they, they're, they're neck and neck, because there was there was one part where I was so mad I was crying. I'm going to just say this. And I, I've said it. This is anybody but my wife knows. Um. And yes, Jimmy Mack, it was a knit hat that uh that dingaling used to wear. He he knows about that hat dingaling used to wear. But um it, it on Friday night when they give they get their gold jackets on the night before. Mm-hmm. Um they call the jacket dinner by Hager. And it's in the Civic Center in the center on the floor. Um, the players come up, um, but before the before they introduce this year's class, they introduce all of the other Hall of Famers that are there, and they were 106. I mean, just like who's who: Peyton Manning, Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones. I mean, just who's who. Everybody's there. What they do for the, the and they line they line all these Hall of Famers up and and in um, two lines facing each other. So when they announced a new one, they call it the gauntlet. You walk the gauntlet and these players welcome you in to the Hall of Fame. And so it's just the most warm moment. You know, they're hugging, talking, having conversations, and you just know it's banter going on. It's laughter, you know, um, you know, just Rondé when he got to Derrick Brooks and, and Warren Sapp. I mean, they just took their time for a minute. That was their moment to just be welcomed into the group. That And Rondé was first. That's when I started mad crying. I was crying mad because I wanted my coach to get that. Mm-hmm. He, he, he didn't get to get that. He didn't get to get to be in that fraternity, welcomed by all of the other greats, to welcome him in. That was that was a tough moment for me. That was a tough. It's, it's still thinking about it now because I can see it, and I just it just it makes no sense whatsoever that he wasn't able to walk that gauntlet. I, I, I've yeah, I, I've seen that. Friday and they, and they don't do it. They don't broadcast it a lot. So it almost has this, it, it has this, uh, this air of uh, almost secrecy or, or real exclusivity mystique. that mystique. Thank you. There, there's the word. There's this mystique to that uh, yes. moment that only really recently started coming out because of social media, but previously right, you would hear right. about it. You would hear about it, but you never really saw it. And then you started right. seeing little, pitch and and so it still has this like you said hearing you describe it it, it's surreal uh man 
Uh, Kelvin, Marcus, you guys got anything you want to add with Vaughn before we close out with him? Yeah, Vaughn, I'm interested as to what the other HBCU Hall of Famers who may have been present, along with there's a lot of guys who from Florida were part of the Hall of Fame with the majority schools, but of course they know FAMU and the route and so forth. What was their uh, reaction and 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 how how did they receive? Uh, having a rattler inducted into the Hall of Fame. Let me tell you, um, Larry Little from Bethune Cookman, have to give him a lot of credit. He was very vocal. And the other one that was really furiously vocal was Mel Blunt, who went to Southern. Um, you, they, they, and then, and then people like James Lofton, I don't know where he went to school, but those three were the main three that were beating the drum for the last five years. Like Mel Blunt was just, he would have just like, what are y'all doing? It doesn't make any sense. You know, he, he was, he was very um, aggressive with it. Larry little, little was as him himself. I, I think the Bengals and I, and I think, um, I think Marcus alluded to this um, and I, and I didn't get to that because he had a good multi-part question, but I'm glad I get a chance to answer one part about the Bengals' involvement. They have to walk a fine. They can't do what we can do. They have to walk a fine line, you know, in in in, in bucking that system because I know they're trying to get next Kenny Anderson, the quarterback, mm-hmm. in. So if they go and burn those bridges, you know, for Riley, then Kenny Anderson then won't stand a chance. So they they supported all of the efforts, but they just couldn't vocally blast it because they have you know more legacy to 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 try to get through i do have a quick one and as i was thinking about this uh vaughn and this is just from your perspective i know some of our some of our more heralded players are probably in that senior type category but are there any other player family players that you think I might have a chance. I mean, there are a couple of names that come to mind, a couple of offensive linemen, but I'm just not sure if it's too long ago or if there are other off the field things that um, may prevent them from getting serious consideration despite their on field accolades. You just you just nailed the the, the two names that, are, that I'm going to say. The two names that are FAMU's next best chance are Henry Killer Lawrence, who played with the Raiders for years. And John Madden actually, in his acceptance speech on stage, said, "Killer needs to be here. Mm-hmm. We went, we yep. didn't, we wouldn't do anything, you know, without Killer." So he he acknowledged Henry Lawrence. So I don't know how we grab some momentum for him. And then, of course, Nate Newton from the Dallas Cowboys. You know, all, just about that whole line is already in. And so we're we hope those two are probably our next best hope. And um, but. Um, yeah, those those are the next the next two uh, possibilities. Thank you. Um, it, anything you want to mention, Vaughn? That maybe we didn't ask you that you want to share uh, with, with us. Uh, obviously, want to encourage everybody. I'll I'll make sure to. I just saw the uh, the video uh, that you that you put together uh, and the the speech. Uh, I. I'm I'm watching and I I tweeted some pictures of this. I had to get somewhere where I could have some wings and be away from out of my house where I could watch the the Hall of Fame ceremony, right? And I love 
Ken's speech where he made sure to mention the blood, sweat, the sweat and tears. I don't know if anyone caught that. I don't know yes. how many people <laughs> caught that. That was right at the end. Mm-hmm. And I was like, go ahead, Ken. Drop that reference about the blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> it took to get there. And then he closed it out so beautifully. I don't know how, but I mean, that, that was the moment that kind of sent a chill down my spine. But any anything from that that you want to share that maybe we didn't talk about or that you, you want to share with everybody? Well, uh, <clears throat> the Bengals threw just the most elite reception after the ceremony for <clears throat> the uh, the Rodleys to invite whoever they wanted to invite. So, of course, they invited all the Rattler contingents. It was out of exclusive. You couldn't even get in the in the neighborhood if your name wasn't on the list. That's how exclusive it uh, was. And then we you go to the clubhouse. You didn't have to huh? DJ. They didn't, ask, they didn't ask you to DJ, did they? No, they had a, they had a DJ. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> good. I was like, you make me work. They had, had, had all the uh, uh, shrimp and crab legs and oysters and and, and fine spirits and DJ and uh, they had an ice cream truck out there. I mean, it, the Bengals went above and beyond. It was just elaborate. When you when you walk up to this exclusive clubhouse, there are big Ken Riley thirteen stickers on the door, and you go in the bathroom, use the bathroom. The soap dispenser had Ken's thirteen. It was that detailed. And then they had his his jacket there, and I just say one lasting memory that I had when I was about to leave. I couldn't re- I couldn't realize why I was staring at the jacket, and I was like, "Wow, that is a nice golden black jacket. It would have mm-hmm. been great if that alpha man could have wore it himself." Ooh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Vaughn, I ain't mean uh, to get everybody. You got to. I don't mean to break the showdown, man. But I'm just, I, I'm just being honest, man. I just, I, I, it's, it's a double. I'm so happy it was done and it's done. But I, I'm so disappointed that he didn't get to, he didn't get to get that jacket. He didn't get to do the gauntlet. And, but, you know, we we count our blessings. Mm. You know that it, it actually did happen. It, it's nice. I, I think what I what I really liked is so many folks like you. I saw between you know the Carmen and Michael Smith and pe- people who you know know Ken, worked with Ken, and a lot of guys who. So many people that knew and spent years. Not like just you know like a, a short minute, but you guys spent years with Ken Riley. And so a lot of people who know y'all families know each other. I thought that was what was really cool. And I think that's a connection and a bond that all of you have. And as I, every time I watch one of those videos, I get a little chill just thinking about how connected you guys are in that spirit of the Riley family and Ken Riley and just how the man he was and knowing him and what little whether it's a big thing or a little thing that he did for all of your lives, how you all are a part of that and all of you getting the chance to go to Canton and experience all of the good stuff. And yes, there, there were some, as you said, some, some sorrow filled moments, but I, I think you guys have that, have, have something that uh, w- will hopefully bring that smile. Uh, you'll talk about that forever. And uh, I think that's what was really cool 
about seeing. Still to this day, I kind of, I still am coming across. You come thanks, thanks to the algorithm of social media, you come across stuff like two, three days late, and you're like, oh man, I wish I would have seen this four <laughs> days ago, you know. But I, I still get a kick after all the stuff that's out there, and uh, I don't know, man. I, I hope it continues to 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 grow the the, the legacy of, of Ken Riley. The legacy uh, of FAMU football, and, and as you said, the FAMU brand. I mean, we are in the, this golden era of, uh, of FAMU, and we just folks like yourself and all of those folks who travel. We just got to keep pouring into into FAMU somehow, some way. And uh, so that, that's that's all I got to say. Anything you guys want to, Kelvin, Marcus? Anything you guys want to close with? I'm looking forward to the uh, FAMU field naming of for the ride. I'm really looking forward to that and um seeing the family there and 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 giving them flowers in honor of uh Ken. So that's the next thing. Is that gonna be done? When is that going to be done? Uh, by the way, I heard it's that's the first the home game. First home September okay. 16th. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay. Cool. Cool. Hey Brian, I got I gotta say one thing that the, the still gets lost. Uh, before sure. we go, one thing that still gets lost of what is miraculous about Ken Riley's pro career. Mm-hmm. This guy was a quarterback all through his life. Yes. When he got drafted in 1969 and went up to Cincinnati, Paul Brown said, you go, you're a cornerback. And they told him a couple things to do to go back and work on over the summer. And then they sent a guy down to train him uh, and Ron Sellers. They were um, training together at Florida State. That's all he had between when he got drafted and when he reported to camp. He never played defensive back. He picked it up so fast that when the guy in front of him went down in game five, he never got his job back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amazing. A position he had never played. It's like Wally Pipp. I was gonna say he Wally he picked it. Up he Wally at the Pipp. pro level. That's what I'm saying. It that that gets missed. He picked it up at the pro level, yeah. at a Hall of Fame level now, in a couple of months. That's a talented, smart, and dedicated man. Mm-hmm. That, and that, it wasn't that, a big passing era back then either. And it wasn't even a big passing era. That that's another show. We we gotta we gotta explore that. That's that's the next. I'd love to just. Like that, that should be some kind of a thing, a, a contest or something that just says how many guys can do what Ken Riley did? How many quarterbacks can just all of a sudden in a, in a summer turn around and be a defensive back? I mean, that just, that that's crazy. I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if did Ken Riley ever write any memoirs or anything about how he did that. Did he ever express to anybody how he did that other than, you know, working with the trainer that you talked about? No, he, he never did. Jesus, man, that's crazy. Hey, another another interesting point is the fact that he led the league three years in yes. interceptions and then made the all-pro team uh, those years. And two of those years were his last two years, right? When he was older, 35 and 36. Eight interceptions. That's amazing. And led his led his team to the Super Bowl that last year. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing, man. 
uh, you, you know, another thing about that team, those teams that he was on, he while while Ken was being he let's see, Ken was a was a DB on one side of the field. If I'm not mistaken, the Bengals. I don't know how I came to this. The Bengals had another good DB on the other side of the field, who also was a punt returner. I can't remember his name, Lamar, but I, Lamar Parrish. Ethan Lamar. Lamar Parrish. Yeah. Yes, yes, and they they were they were the they were the backfield for like a decade in Cincinnati. Yeah, you, yeah it was like yes. Riley was on one side, Parrish was on the other side, but I think Parrish was also uh, a punt returner, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but I, I just I don't know. I came across that little factoid. Uh, uh, I, I forgot where. I think it was doing some research or something. Uh, and, and I just remember there was more attention, a little bit more attention given to Parrish because of the fact that he was a special teams guy uh, in that Deion Sanders mode, you know, DB slash. Uh, but then, but, but Ken was the was the steady, right? You know, solid yeah. DB, get you the picks. He was the QB back there in the defense. I, like I'm not even grown man. man. It's so it's so funny that statement that Kelvin made, Chris Berman made it, and then he just right in the middle of the Hall of Fame, he he read a statement similar to what Kelvin said. He said, "Which is ridiculous, you know, that he didn't make the Pro Bowl." He said, "He said this year, you know, he led the league. He had twenty interceptions over a three year period, nine in one year." He said, "In that year, he didn't make the Pro Bowl." He said, "Which is ridiculous." So there are a lot of people that want to say, you know, you know, you know, there's people who have voted. But I I like the fact that Chris Berman, I've always liked him. And I like the fact that on that biggest stage on that day, he said it out loud. (laughs) Yeah, there there are a lot of people who have voting power and and things like that that don't need to have votes. I'll say it. They, They just don't. I agree. That's a just that's a failure of duty. I mean, those yeah. stats didn't change for forty years. That's a, a, a gross negligence of duty, I would say. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff are you working on next, Vaughn? What you got in the hopper? Right now, uh, I go down to Bethune Cookman on Friday to do the camp report from Bethune. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll that, that'll be interesting because when I went in the spring. It, it didn't. It didn't look good. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping they look better than they did when I went in this break. That don't that don't break my heart at all, Mark. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe don't carry that through November. Bethune, and then I'll I'll come back and do the one from FAMU, uh, and we'll put those two together and. It'll be a part of a series we're doing um, HBCU game day, uh, the road to the Florida Classic. So we'll be covering both schools and kind of put that together maybe once a month, um, you know, to just kind of, uh, you know, highlight, you know, our classic and and the things that go up to it. And, we, and we'll get a chance to put some fun things in there, some find some families that are interwoven and those kind of things and shine why it's going to do an interview with me. That's always, mm-hmm. that's always a good one. So. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering when you go down there, how much of that field that uh, Ed Reed cleared out, what that, what that field looks like that, uh, 
you know, did they finish the uh, field and that, turf? And that's one and of the things I'm reporting stuff? on. They're, they're, they were a little behind schedule in making that into a practice field. Um, but it's, it's back on pace now, you know, just like if you ever build anything and you got to deal with permitting and that kind of stuff, man, I, I, I thought it was a little ambitious, um, yeah. even with the money that that'll have nothing to do with having funding there sometime. It's, uh, but I think they've got it, um, uh, all cleared up. Hmm. All right. Uh, um, and well, yes, Kenya Sykes, uh, yes, Kenya Sykes, um, <laughs> um we we at uh at HBCU game day, you know, it our job is to promote HBCUs. And not a single one on our staff went to Bethune Cookman. But when the Ed Reed situation happened, we kind of got tired of people just media people just coming down and shedding a light on what was messed up at Bethune. We just got at some point, yeah, say it, say it, but we got tired of it. And we were in position, and and we and we were able to to buy them fourteen helmets because that was an issue. And um, and uh, we we're, we're we're still proud of that because we our HBCUs, as much as we're rivals, we 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 got to scratch each other's back when we can. You know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Bethune Cookman's football program got started with a whole bunch of FAMU's old equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah that was sent down there to, to, to help them get started. So, um, you know, everybody knows I bleed orange and green is, is family to the day I die. My money goes there and, and, and that sort of thing. But it, it, this wasn't that this was, we were tired of seeing that HBCU look bad and nobody was doing anything. I'm going to just say it. Roland Martin, how many shows did he do about that? But what did he do about it? Right. Mm -hmm. Except say what the problem was. The answer is not to keep saying what the problem was. The answer is at some point to try to solve it. And we were able to do our little part. And, they, you know, they they were thankful. And, um, you know, I bought more than that in helmets at FAMU with the money I've given them. It's, it's not even close. But it was just it. It wasn't my personal money. It was our company's money. And and we just put it toward that. And, and I will continue to tell people, uh, pay attention to the companies whether it be and individuals that are actually doing things for hbcus and not with hbcus there are a lot of people that do things with hbcus and then all of a sudden you don't see them anymore but Mm -hmm. the real people who are doing things for hbcus companies and groups of people like all the guys at hbcu game day who cover it but all they they care about the schools and the people in it, and they not you know they not there just to catch clicks and 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 be loud and 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 talk about problems. No, they they put money behind it, and so I, I all I say is when y'all out here supporting people, pay attention to who's doing things for HBCUs and not just with HBCUs, so that you know. They grow in popularity. That's all. Right. That's all. So, props to you guys, uh, Vaughn. Look forward to catching that stuff. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll talk. We got twenty five days before the OBC. Uh, something like eighteen days before the Neax uh, Swag Challenge. So, uh, man, football season will be here before you know it. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, man. 
and thank you guys for what you do, man. I, I love your platform, and and um, you guys keep keep it going, man. It's we 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 need to gather together and and dig down into things sometimes, and this is a great platform to do that. Appreciate you, Vaughn. Thanks. Thank, thank you, you, man. Thank, thank you for you, sharing everything. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Vaughn Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, HBCU game day. Make sure you hit Vaughn up on uh, well, where you can. Where, where can they find you at Vaughn? Because I know you're all over the place. Where where aren't you? On Facebook, <laughs> I'm on. Uh, it's my name, Vaughn Wilson. Uh, on Twitter is DJH2000. Same thing for Instagram, DJH2000. All right, you guys make sure to hit Vaughn up. Another Facebook. See y'all, us old folks. We on Facebook. Us, uh, yeah, we on Facebook. That's <laughs> <laughs> us, us old folks. We still on Facebook. Uh, so hey, you guys, hey, bro, like, it's it's so bad. One day I was like, "What the hell is this X on my um phone?" <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know that it changed. I didn't know, didn't know that. I didn't download this. I did the same thing. Hey, what is this? I ain't download this. I didn't download. That's what I said. I didn't download. Baby, I didn't do this. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. What used to be Twitter? Okay, my bad. All right, Vaughn. You have a good night. Thank you, man. Thank you for everything. All right, thanks, fellas. We'll talk later. All right, uh, uh, Vaughn Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, uh, man, good stuff, man. Ah, oh, God, whoo, man, how nostalgic. You know, I, I, I kept, I kept, I always wanted to go to one of those to go to Canton. You know, it's like one of those moments that you. I think of of all the Hall of. Fa- I, I don't know. Have you guys been? Have have you? Have either of you been to a Hall of Fame, Professional Sports League Hall of Fame? Any of them? No. No, okay. have not. Okay, so my so my question is, which one? How would you rank in terms of order that you want to go to? Like a, a, a we'll, we'll just say bucket list. Wh- which one do you want to go to in in first and in, in foremost? Well, I hope to go to one of them in two weeks, and that's the black the black college Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. In, in Atlanta, I know it's a newer one, but yeah, I definitely want to see that one. And then then next for me, I'm a football guy, so. The NFL Hall of Fame is definitely a must must do, and I, I would try to make it this year. But them Rattlers, man, they travel. They got me traveling so much. I had to. I had to choose, man. And if I have to choose, I got to go to the FAMU games on the road. I mean, I got to go to Baton Rouge, Houston, Huntsville, Miami, Tampa. So you know, Kel- look, Kelvin's everywhere. Like you're gonna make it hard for me to keep up with you, um, <laughs> Marcus. What about you? What? Yeah, that's, that's, I'd probably say the same. I mean, if you'd asked me back, you know, a long time ago, maybe back when I was down at um, Fam, I probably would have said baseball because baseball is my first love. But mm-hmm. and even though I'm a big Braves fan, I've been following them since um, Hank Aaron was there. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I probably have to put Pro Football Hall of Fame and then the Black College Hall of Fame and then MLB. Third, and I'm I'm not a, I don't even keep up with the uh, basketball, the Naismith Hall. Naismith. I mean, I keep up with it, but I hear about it, but I'm like, it just to me, it doesn't have the same level of not no not diminishing it in any way. But yeah, once they let like, once they let Tracy McGrady in, I'm out. I'm like, it's all over for me. I'm just I'm well, not that. It's just I'm that just like our group, you know, <laughs> baseball and football. I don't know if the the basketball Hall of Fame. I don't know if they touted it as much. It doesn't seem to have that same that level of mystique and nostalgia. I don't know what yeah. it is. It just seems like it's not as what well, put on the know, pedestal it, as the pro what it is, and the MLB. 
I, I think with the with the pro basketball, it, 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 again, it's pro basketball. So, or not? Is it even pro basketball? No, it's just basketball. So, yeah, the Na- was it Naismith basketball? Yeah. So really, you get all kinds of levels. You get professional. You get collegiate uh, individuals. You get teams, coaches. I mean, it just is. Uh, a, a hodgepodge uh, or a potpourri, rather is a better word of saying it, of greatness. And and it just is like, hey, there's greatness in so many ways. I, I think what I still maintain, you know what a Hall of Famer is. If you have to wonder, like the, the biggest thing I hate in sports today is when they start referring to people as future Hall of Famers. Because a guy who has a good first five years of his career could all of a sudden take a bad turn left and have three bad seasons, and now you're in year eight, and you're like, is he still a Hall of Famer? Because at the beginning of his career, we were talking about him as a future Hall of Famer, but really he stunk these last three years. And the trend is really going towards him stinking even another another two or three seasons. (laughs) You know, but I feel like when you have a – a decade, if you can have eight to 10, whatever your eight to 10 best years are, if you were at the top of the league, then you're a Hall of Famer in my book, uh, especially in pro football, where the body can go. I mean, you, running backs are good until what? The age of 28, 29. And then I, I, I even do it different with running backs in the NFL. You got a five to six year window. Ooh, if you wow, get in it, yeah, they, yeah, you got a five to six year window, no matter what your age is, you know, and then you know, you have diminishing returns. I mean, your body just get beat down. So, so, uh, so yeah, um, whether you 25 or 22, hey, after five years. You, you can't even really expect a lot more than that. Look at Zeke. Zeke got paid with Cowboys. Yeah. And it, and it was never the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um All right, let's uh let's let's kind of hit on a few other things before we close out the show. I know we're well over. Um we always over. Feel- Phil, yeah, yeah, we we're at the work on that. We're at the work on that. Uh, the Rattlers lead the SWAC with 17. Phil still preseason all SWAC selections. Jeremy Moose, a preseason offensive player of the year. Um, let me see. But he wasn't on the Walt. But he wasn't on the Walter Payton um list. That did kind of surprise me. Watch list. Who Musa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? That didn't surprise me because statistically he was so far under where some of those other dudes and those quarterbacks were that made the list. I but mean, it was still thinking of him. He wasn't he wasn't too far from the, the last five or so. I I mean But maybe, he'll get a chance to he'll get a chance to put his name on the list though. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I just wonder if we if he has the kind of numbers where he passes for over 3500 i mean literally i think he would have to pass for over 3500 yards um and we're talking if that's the case then we're talking several 300 plus yard games 
and um, that's going to be challenging if, unless we're offensively putting up forty-five points a game. Which is I don't possible. think it's I don't think it's challenging for this team for this particular reason. Uh, our defense is going to be elite. I really don't think teams going to have long drives against us, and they're going to turn the ball over a lot. And I'm counting on this. I'm projecting. I'm counting on having a better running game. And if, if we have a good running game, I see it. Mm. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree, but I actually ran some numbers, and it was gonna be part of our football review. But if you look at the last three years under Coach Simmons, you know our run pass ratio is hovering right around fifty two to fifty three percent slanted towards the pass versus the run. But it's not average, as lopsided. It's not as lopsided, right? Yeah, you would think yeah. it would be more lopsided, but right. our our mean or our median passing yards are probably around twenty six hundred for those mm-hmm. three seasons. So that includes Ryan Stanley's last year. And 2022, where we had, um, sorry, 2021, where we had Rashawn McKay, and 2022, year one of Musa. So, I mean, just looking at the numbers and trying to look at it from that standpoint. Not the numbers, not those numbers. What I'm looking at is production, explosive plays. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, we've not been a big-time explosive production with a strong running game. I think that's where we can separate and because we have so many numbers and so much depth, there'll be opportunity there, but we will, we'll see. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think, look, I, and I see people, uh, people want FAMU to run the ball. Yes. We, we want them to, to run the ball, but if, if you go back and look and Marcus, your stats, you probably looked at the same stats. I looked at in the two years in which we had running games, that were in the, let me see, of course, the Bishop Bonnet year and then the two years prior to that. So it would have been the uh, Bonnet was the 2020 year. 2021. No, no, yeah. 21 year. And then it would have been 19, the 2019. Uh, actually, actually, no, it would have been the 18 year, 2018. The, the COVID oh. year was 2020. Right. So in. So it would have been 19. Eight, yeah. Yeah, the last uh, Miak, the last Miak year. No, second to last Miak year, second to last Miak year. It, those because what 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 happens is Simmons had they had a great running game, uh, and that what's funny is the great running game that was the game of we the season that we had a three game lead going into November, and basically lost those last three games of the year. Injuries, but injuries, yeah. right, yeah. right. But the running game was we we ran for like seventeen hundred yards that season. As a total, then the next year is the the Stanley season, his senior year. His numbers went up, but the running game went down. I think it was about twelve hundred total yards. Yeah, about eleven sixty. I'm looking yeah. at eleven sixty four. Okay, you see it. Yeah. Then the COVID year happened. Then we came back, going into the swag. Bishop Bonnet, whoop, running game numbers went high. Nineteen hundred. Nineteen hundred yards. Yep. Then last year, we all know what happened last year. So that's why I keep saying, but if you look at the passing numbers, uh, like the number of passes we threw, it didn't change. No, it did not. We still, I was we still at threw. That. Yeah. The, the, about 400 plus. We, our, our average is about 408 passing attempts yep. and about 370. Well, not I don't have 2018 data, so I just have 2019, 21, and 22. 
So our average rush attempts were about 369, 370 per season across mm-hmm. those three and 408 pass attempts. So we basically have a 52% ratio of pass to run. And our average pass yards are about 2,900 and average rush yards, including that big bump in 2021, has averaged about 1,365, maybe a shade, you know, if you round up to 1,400, but, you know, probably closer to 1,350 rush yards. So I don't know to what degree we should expect. Maybe the numbers will go up, but in terms of the run-pass ratio, which is what I was kind of looking at, trying to look at the last three seasons where we had nine wins each. You know, should we expect a, a big departure from the play calling? If Musa can, I, I don't know about the play calling, but I'm, I'm gonna. I think it's completion percentage. Yes. Um, Musa has to throw in the 60 percent this year. Mid 60s. Mid. Well, he. We the last three four seasons we ain't had a quarterback hit in the 60 percent. So, I mean, him if he hits 61, hell, that's a that's a he might. And I don't know. You're looking at the numbers, Marcus. He might that might be the first in a Simmons era. I don't know what Ryan Stanley did his uh, in Simmons's first year. Uh, his that would have been Stanley's junior year. But 61. I'd love to see mid 60s. I mean, 60. Kelvin, if he throws mid 60s, we're getting not only the 3,500 yards I'm talking about, but also. We're also going to get the 40-something, 45 points yeah. a game that we're talking about, and we're going to get that 10th, 11th win. Yeah, correct. Agree. Definitely agree. Yeah. So, all that to say. So, uh, Phil still that was uh, one of the talking. Let's see. That's what we had in there. Um, if you – I would hope – that you guys are reading Gerald Thomas's uh, Hard Knocks series on the Tallahassee Democrat. I don't think those are even behind the paywall. I think they are free. Anyone know? Are anybody reading them? I, I I'm paying. I'm reading them. I'm paying. Yeah. I'm paying. So I don't know. Okay, I am too. So I'm not sure. I got to argue with somebody about keep. I don't. I make sure. I don't know which. <laughs> I saw a bill come in. I'm like, am I still paying for that? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> uh, all I know is when I see it's more than $2.99, I get upset. But anyway, uh, I, that's a great series that Gerald is doing. And we're going mm-hmm. to get Gerald. Yeah. Um, we, we're working on something big. We're working on something big. Uh, I don't want to say it and jinx it. It's something we got. We talked about offline, but with a few people. But because I, I, I'd love to hear what everyone's opinions are about this season. But I want to give a shout-out to Gerald and what he's doing. I, I don't, I, I'm assuming he's waking up every morning, and he's out there at 6 o'clock in the morning when they practice. But he's – he's uh, and what's crazy is his tweets. He's sending updates and tweets. So I, the last couple of days I've been in class or meetings, and I'm reading stuff, and I'm like, doggone, who's throwing these interceptions? And I'm reading like, what? Jordan Moore got another pick? Who threw it? And so I, I, and I got like, hold on. I, I got to go back and read back through tweets and stuff. So not only is Gerald sending out tweets, <laughs> but he's also posting. So if you guys don't have uh, Gerald Thomas the third of the Tallahassee Democrat, if you're not following him on X, 
uh, or Twitter or whatever they call it these days. You you should be. And then if you're not reading his training camp stories, uh, you should be. He just did one on the running backs. Uh, so that was uh, pretty good. We got a new athletic trainer. Uh, just kind of transitioning here. Let me share the screen for those of you who are uh, who are watching us uh, on online. Of course, uh, welcome to the highest of seven hills. Kenneth Lassiter as the new head athletic trainer at FAMU. Um, he is coming from Fayetteville State University. And so, uh, good program out there at Fayetteville State. Um, looks like Lassiter uh, had been at Fayetteville State University as their head athletic trainer and director of sports medicine. Um, he served as a primary ATC for football, men's basketball, and softball, and supervised a team of volunteers while he was there at Fayetteville State. Um, prior to that, he was an outreach athletic trainer at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth Health Systems, providing care and coverage for Virginia State University's 17 Division II sports. Of course, A.D. Sykes being a, a Virginia State grad, got ties there. Wouldn't be surprised. There's a some references and, and uh, connections from off of that line. Also in the news, FAMU Athletics celebrates 23 summer graduates. Uh, football led the way with eight graduates, followed by men's basketball with four. Softball had three. Baseball had three. Men's track and field had two. Cheerleading, women's track and field, and women's basketball had one. Uh, of some interesting names of note in softball, uh, you had Christiana Beasley, who was the uh, former pitcher. Um, who Kayla Irvis. Yeah, Michaela Irvis. Um, in baseball, I don't know any of those names stand out in baseball. Cameron Kelly, John Long, Jackson Hall. Uh, women's track and field, Mia Hurd. Uh, men's track and field, Quentin Williams. Men's basketball, you had Chase Bars. Uh, some of the other names I don't. I, uh, you know, I don't recall these guys ever playing. Maybe they did. Uh, for football, uh, congratulations, Isaiah Major, Jordan Moore, uh, Leland Wilhoit, Michael Williams, Kamari Thompson, uh, some of the names. Those are guys who graduated and got their BS and now will hopefully pursue their masters while they finish up here. I gotta, I gotta think, Kelvin, with some of these recent graduates between 
and I'm going to go to football and that whole nasty APR, APR numbers. I got to imagine between the graduates from this summer or this spring and this summer, uh, APR numbers for next year will probably look a lot better, wouldn't you think? No? Okay. Let me move on then. I don't know. Huh? Uh, I don't have a calculator. I thought Ken had a I, I thought uh Kelvin had a calculator. I thought he was doing the math on that. We'll see. It may be better. It, it may be better. It still may not be what we needed. We'll have to see. All right. Um what else did I leave out, guys? Anything else you want to mention? Uh, um, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. When is that? I think that's a. Uh... Well, there's the fan day, sponsored, I guess, by the school formally, the twentieth. I think that's whatever. Right. Sunday, August twentieth. Sunday, August twentieth, and I think a week later, on the regular. Yeah. Yeah. So let me let me yeah. So fan day. Um. Fan Day, sponsored by FAMU Athletics, is Sunday, August 20th, 2 to 4 p.m. in the Al Lawson. Fans have the opportunity to get autographs from the football and volleyball teams. And then the the boosters. Uh, when is week that? Later. It's a week, a later. week later. Now, that is that also coinciding with the booster luncheon? Isn't that what that is? I think so. Oh, Mr. Morgan's yeah. dropping some. Uh, That's what it is. Yeah. It, it's, a fun yeah so it's called the fall sports kickoff, which that'll be Sunday, August 27th, 2 to 4 p.m. in the All Lawson Center. See, I, okay. Can I, can I be, can I be, can I be messy for a second? Hmm. Sound like sound like you've been to. You, you know what I'm about to ask. The, uh, Marcus, Marcus is about to tell me Brian don't do it. So I, I'm only <laughs> going to against Kelvin. Can I can I can I be messy for go, a second? Go ahead, man. You know why in the heck? Why 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 are the boosters? What? No, I'm not going to put this on the boosters. I'm going to put this on athletics. Oh, if the booster right. because. Because the boosters fall sport kickoff has been has been out way longer than the athletic department's fan day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this is where how do I say this? If this is the boosters fundraising opportunity for your department, athletics. Not this isn't an NIL thing. This isn't NIL. This isn't the boosters saying, hey, we're doing an NIL luncheon. No. The boosters are trying to raise money, tickets $50, in which for the volleyball and football programs or the fall sports, where most likely, guess what could have and should have happened? The players from those programs. Now, I don't even know if volleyball will be in town that weekend because of the date. So uh, that may be a challenge, but 
wouldn't you have, wouldn't you expect there to be some meet and greet signing things going on? But yeah, no, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have our we're gonna do another we're gonna do the exact same thing the week before. It's I, not it's not the same. One is for the they always had two. Ever since I've known, they've always had two different events. One is geared more toward the community, um, and it's it's just like a general fan day. The other one is a fundraiser that has meals and 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 you know so you have to. There's more logistics and planning that goes into that, and so um, I don't see. You can't do both. Why they are doing both. Nah, I'm sorry. Well, I guess I guess we're both saying, in, in one in one time. Yes. Yeah. Why can't they both be coordinated at the same time? I mean, because why that that has happened once or twice, but there there's some logistic things in, involved with that. You know, first of all, these are student athletes, so they got schedules and things that they are they're doing so i don't know if you can tie them up for that m- amount of time continuously to volleyball is on the road to, just to, to let to, you know volleyball is in yeah. Birmingham, alabama the week of the the rattler boosters thing yeah and then then you know dividing how do you separate folks who are paid and for this exclusive experience because you got to remember at the tables the way they had tables set up, if they're going to do it, continue to do it the same way, you sitting at tables with a student athlete, and there some of that back and forth you're talking about is is an exclusive exclusivity is a part of that process. So they 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 do do both, and I see I see no issue with doing both. Um, that's just me. I don't know if it's that big of a deal to be honest. Get two different crowds. Not, not entirely, because the same boot. The put it like this: the boosters, they they want they want to get they're gonna be there at fan day, getting the autographs and stuff too. They're gonna be on the fence watching. They're gonna be you know when the team travel, the boosters are gonna be the boosters. The people who support the team gonna be the support the team. Again. I think there's value in Brian. What you got to realize, and I'm looking at you now. What you got to realize, part of what makes a family is that we include we inclusive of the community, and so this is a chance for some of the kids who may not be able to get to go go to every game or 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 uh, some some family to and friends to you know to come out and, and just meet and 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 get people fired up and excited. You know, not everybody's going to go to the uh, – and there's limited capacity, frankly. Uh, usually it's a sellout. The uh, boosters um, event is usually a sellout. So there's limited capacity also. So this is a way to get, you know, more people access to to just, you know, meet players and put face. You know, we visual, man. We want to see the people. You want to touch them, you know. It means a lot to those kids, you know, to see their favorite players and so forth, man. So, so don't take nothing from the kids, man. Don't take it from the kids. Okay, I, I'm not again. I'm not trying to take it. Look, I'm not trying to be the Grinch here. <laughs> I'm not trying to be the Grinch. I, 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 I can't I, tell I, it. I can't I, tell I, it. Look, uh, all right, all right, all right. Look, look. Grinch, Grinch, Grinch. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> okay, look. 
Let, I get what you're saying, Brian. In terms of that's coordination, coordination and everything. That's but, coordination. Uh, yeah, I, so that way the student athletes don't have to come and the coaches don't have to come to two different events. There, can, there should be a way to pull this off and do it all within one, one day. You know, I mean, even if it were oh, even if it were overlapping, you know, the fan day is from two to four. The booster thing starts at three to five. So that way, technically, you're talking about a three hour. Hey, Brian, you know what that requires? We all talk. We trying to raise money. Are we trying to raise money? But you know what that requires? People working together. Uh, oh geez. I mean we're working together. We're trying to rate man, stop it. Let me go get this. Get this. We work together when anyway. All right. Okay, stop fair point. I will I'm gonna stop complaining. I, I want fan day to be successful. I want the boosters uh event to be uh successful as well. I I'm just I was just trying to look for ways to coordinate, you know, coordinate. I'm just that's all. That's all. I'm just asking the questions. Don't it's beat not, up. It's not a bad. It, it, no, it's not a bad. I, it's not I a appreciate bad everybody for. I appreciate everybody for for bringing it home and making me, uh, making me being more understanding. I, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. All right. Uh, yes, I know there's some schedule issues. A couple people brought up the schedules uh, and things of that nature. All right. All right. Um. Final notes here that I'm seeing on our rundown list. Uh, this weekend is Be Out Day in ATL in Atlanta. Uh, that is interesting. I would, I'd love to have the ability to go and do a show up there, um, but I don't yeah. have the ability to do that. So we uh, <laughs> we won't be doing we won't be there. But for you, Atlanta. Rattlers and the Georgia Rattlers. Uh, I hope you have a good time at Be Out Day. Take some good photos. Um, and uh, feel free to share with us. Uh, can I give one final reminder here before we close out about the opportunity here for those of you who have not bought your Orange Classic, Orange Blossom Classic tickets? Okay. Uh, you can, let me find it. Yep. Just looking out.com. Uh, our good friend, Mike Reed has generously offered a portion of the ticket sales so that when you, you purchase his premium club level seats, Mike has seats in section 249, which if you can see the orange section there. The band is sitting. Um, the band is in 150. The marching hundred is in 150. Mike has club level seats in section 249, and then some spillover in section 250. So not only can you get a good seat by the band, but you also get a chance to go into suites and eat and drink and stay cool should you choose to spend some time inside. That's $109 each. And what you do is when you go to the website, justlookingout.com, and all you got to do is when you go to purchase your club-level ticket right here in this group code area, 
you just have to put in the code BCSN or Strike Zone. You can also send your purchases to uh, Mike on Cash App or Zell. Here's his information here. If you have questions, there's the phone number and there's his email. Uh, we're going to look to partner with Mike on some different things, uh, some post-game, some tailgate stuff, pre-game and post-game stuff. I know there's uh, things happening in Tampa. Uh, we were even talking about doing some stuff in Texas, in Houston, since Kelvin's already booked his flight. So at least I know, I know that just means I have to get there now. So Kelvin's already booked his flight to Houston for the Texas Southern game and some other events. So it's an opportunity to support the ONG strike zone because uh, we get a small little sliver of each ticket that you purchase. So I want to encourage you guys to go to justlookingout.com and purchase your club level tickets for the Orange Blossom Classic. The last time, FAMU, the final strike. As other schools move into Florida to take advantage of all that money that's that's uh, being thrown around. I, I, I'm sorry. Just had to say it. It's happening. It's happening. So, but that's all right. You know, we shall rise. All right. Any, any other final thoughts here, guys, so we can get out of here? Marcus, you got anything you want to close out with? No, just one more week closer to football. Uh, yes, sir. Kelvin, anything you want to close out? Yeah, two things. I, I'll be going to the scrimmages. You know, I don't like to go to practices early on. I like when, you know, they done got acclimated and they really competing for positions. So I'll, I'll be going to weekend, any weekend scrimmages, one. And so we'll, we'll talk weekend? a lot more football. Uh, I'm not sure. I have to check in schedule. I know they're having two. Uh, so the first game is the fifth um uh or the third or whatever it is so they won't do one the week before that so do we have two more saturdays so yeah there should be one this saturday and next saturday if i'm not mistaken and then the other thing i want a, a friend of the a show um been doing some good work uh anthony lawrence collection he has this nice white uh bomber jacket coming out uh, mine is already ordered and on the way <laughs> to go with my shoes. Uh, so, you know. Oh, yeah. So, so you know, I will be styling and profiling at the games this year. Different outfit every game. Look at you. <laughs> Those shoes. Unbelievable. Um, no comment. No comment on the shoes. That's <laughs> Too too much, too much cleaning. I got to do. Although I appreciate, uh, um, oh, I, I wish I had my email pulled up. I appreciate the friend of the show who sent me some great suggestions on cleaning white shoes. Hmm. So yeah, send those I, over I, to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll forward that. I'll, I thought I forwarded one email to you, but um, yeah. I'll I'll, okay. I'll I'll check. I'll re-forward you again. Uh, some great suggestions on taking care of clean of clean white shoes. Baby wipes. Yes, baby wipes is one of them. But you know, well, we had this discussion. I'm gonna stop. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, as soon as you said it, I my mind went there again. Leave it, you, I, leave it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Greatest invention 
next to a toothbrush and toothpaste. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Got to thank Coach G, Garfield, Ellenwood II. Great conversation uh, regarding track and field. Um, I really love where our track program, interesting to hear the philosophy, you know, um, and that we, can, we, you know, even though I, I think I, I find it interesting that I think the schools that have won the SWAC title have done it in large part because they end up having somebody in every event uh, and they just kind of amass so many doggone points. But, you know, if we have the right, the right talent and can win the events we're supposed to win, you know, it, it, it becomes a mute point. Um, well, it's the same. But, it's, it's, it's the same philosophy of what he's expressing, right? But instead of you know, Dr. Moore, her focus is more on the long distance and field events. Uh, what he's saying is that he's going to recruit heavy, and he's in the state of Florida, and between Florida, Georgia, and, and so forth. There's a lot of sprinters. Oh, and for his, sure. And, and his background is in sprints, so mm-hmm. and he's been successful at that. So I I do get it. And um, I'm I'm kind of interested because I remember, you know, our history in track is a bunch of great sprinters. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, this past year we had the top four by 100 women's relay team. It, it just so happens, unfortunately, that they finished a tad slow in the SWAC championship meet and ended up second. But in terms of time, during the season, they had the best time, period. Um, also found it interesting the being able to restructure or, or being able to to remodel uh, the FAMU track in a way that makes it conducive for athletes to want to athletes and teams to want to come to FAMU. Uh, I had never thought about the concept of being able to change direction on your sprints, your relays. I, I never that, I'm like, really? You can do that? <laughs> I, I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, I'm fascinated. So that's uh, that makes sense, you know? Uh, I, 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 I applaud uh, I applaud him for for sharing that. Uh, just a great interview. Uh, glad we had a chance to do it. Uh, also, yeah. Coach Gokhan, uh, man, always love talking to him, man. Just uh, um, always fun talking to him, hearing about talking about this team and his excitement. I mean, this is a we we lost a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but here's this. Is, follow me here. The same equivalent that I have been harping on about Jackson State football and all that they have lost. We in volleyball just lost two probably the best players in the SWAT uh, in uh, Iram and Dominique. Mm-hmm. And so the recruiting is going to come through and the coaching and the recruiting, we're going to see it this first season. Uh, can this team, you know, can this young team inexperienced together really overcome their 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 newness, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that'll be interesting to watch. They 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 got a little more length than they normally have. 
You know, they got about three or four, four, I believe, that are above six foot. So they got a little more length. And um, I think he went with a little more athleticism, and he's been trending that way. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested to see how it comes together, too. And that's why I was asking the question about whether the philosophy is going to change or style. And I know he doesn't want to reveal a whole lot. But, I mean, you look at, I mean, I'm not a volleyball aficionado by any stretch. You know, I just like when we win. But, you know, in terms of power, I mean, Dominique was like banging balls all over. And um, Aja Jones was as well. And I don't know to what degree we have the same people with the power. And we don't really know. A lot of us, we have nine new players, five freshmen. Um, I'm sorry, four freshmen and five transfers. Yeah. And so we have to see how they mesh, whether the style of play changes based on their skill set that they bring and how that works out. And not only in terms of them being new to the team, but also if they have a different set of skills that mesh with the return. I mean, like last year, um, Brooklyn Watts was the newcomer of the year and she got big points for us. So you have a nucleus of players who've been there show their talent last year, but also a yep. couple have been there a couple of years. Yes, so exactly. Like Isis Williams yep. and a couple others. Yep. So it's going to be the experience, a core, a small core of experience. So it's like seven players who are returning and nine new players between mm-hmm. the transfers and the high school recruits. Yep. So and they're going to have to play. Yes. Well, and also the one thing that I picked out of picked up out of the interview with Coach Gokhan, hey, we hey we we got to find some money for volleyball so that we can have our girls during the summer. Hello, mm-hmm. hello, we 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 stand on the tables and pound on the tables to get that done for football. Uh, we want to keep being a championship volleyball program. Uh, we got to find a way to get some extra money in the coffers for volleyball so that we can get those girls on campus for summer school sooner sounded like sounded like that's something coach would really like to have mm-hmm. well, it, 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 yeah. it makes sense it, it makes sense for a fall sport they they're they're the first sport that's that plays in the in the fall so mm-hmm. it will make sense for them especially because of the you know they bring in five four to five new players every year so having them for the summer orientated probably would be helpful yeah mm-hmm. And yeah. such they, they have such a short window mandated by the NCAA in terms of when they can start That's, practice. That is ridiculous. That That is, man. So literally that, two and a half weeks before their first game is when they can report and, yeah. and start practice. That's crazy. I don't, I don't understand no, how. No, everybody's under the same. Yeah. Oh, everybody deals with that. But, but still, everyone's yeah, got to. Yeah, that's got to change. Yeah, but but what's so, afford, what's so funny is schools that can afford if you can afford like schools like I guess like a Texas or Florida. Wisconsin, yeah, who are typically in the top twenty-five and especially the top four like Texas, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State, you know they can afford to have their players. And I guess I don't know. I'm assuming volleyball would be under the same restrictions as football would be as it relates to the summer. You can't have an actual coach, but maybe the strength and conditioning. I don't yeah. know that for sure. I don't know the rules, but even to have them cohesively come together as a unit over the summer for having nine new players in our case this year would, would do wonders. Hey, the dirty little secret about volleyball at the high school level, doggone, man, they're playing during the winter. Volleyball in most places is a fall sport, 
right? In the in high school, but guess when the club season is? The club season starts in December, November even. So guess what? The, the, a lot of those volleyball girls, they don't play winter sports, i.e. basketball. And then it then it becomes a spring summer sport. So guess what else they're not playing? Softball. Uh and and so I mean, the fact that grassroots volleyball is practically seven months out of the year outside of the high school season. And the NCAA only allows them this very small window. That's crazy. That's that is that is completely 180 to what all of those coaches and girls are in. You know, and it's I don't know, man. I I, I I'm I'm I hope I'm, I'm going. I'd love to hear more. We don't talk about volleyball and the volleyball coaches in the NCAA because everybody's focused on the NCAA football and conference realignment and all that other stuff. But man, that is a, that's, that's a big story there in, in certain, well, it it should be a bigger story. Let me, that's a better way of saying it. Okay. And uh, so appreciate coach Gokhan. Appreciate Vaughn Wilson coming in, man. That was an awesome interview as well. So hopefully you guys go back Listen to any parts of this show. You can, of course, catch the YouTube feed on the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page. Uh, we're about to drop the subscriptions. You're, you can become a member of Jericho Broadcast. Not just subscribe, but you can become a member. And by becoming a member, it'll give you a chance to catch some exclusive content. We're going to be dropping exclusive-only shows that subscribers can get. So if you're a member of the JBN uh, YouTube page, you will get access to uh, custom shows. Uh, we, we, I got an idea for a custom show that I think we will drop behind the membership wall. Uh, and, and I think that's, you know, just stuff like that. Post-game reaction shows uh, from our various co-hosts with the BCSN. You're going to all of that as well as first watch interviews that we do sometimes before we drop them live on shows you get a chance to watch them first by becoming a member of the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page, which is the Black College Sports Network. So I want to give everybody that uh, heads up. It'll be dropping soon. We appreciate your support. Uh, go download the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you listen and download podcasts. That's iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Excuse me. And more. Um, Thank you for following us. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone is where you can find us. Um, for Marcus Green at Decatur underscore G, for Kelvin Rozier at Rozier Kelvin, and for me, Brian Fulford at DRB365. <laughs> That's where you can find us. So uh, you guys be safe out there and uh, bangs up, everybody. And Get, hold them chairs tight. Everyone should just be riding around town with a chair in the back seat. Just never know when a brawl might break break out. You oh, got yeah. to, you got to defend yourself or your people <laughs> with a chair. <laughs> Everybody got one. Everybody got one. Better know when to use it. <laughs> Not that we. And, and by the way, we we don't condone violence, but we do condone protecting your family. Amen. That's it. With that said, that's be how we wrap it up tonight. You guys be safe. God bless. Make sure to strike. Strike. 
and strike again, Rattler Nation. Peace out.